gather, gather around your cameras, your computer cameras, and and just breathe and just feel. I feel a great spectral energy here. Brandon, Brandon McClure, do you feel the spectral energy in the room today? No, but I smell it. Uh, that's interesting. Okay, Ryan, Ryan Ubiopolis, do you feel this great grand spectral energy at all? You know, I can feel it calling in the air tonight. Oh, no. Oh, yes, right. I feel like it's like a law that someone says, I feel it coming in the air tonight. You have to do the drum thing. But it was welcome, everyone, to episode 316 of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I am Ben Magnet, and we're here talking about We Have a Ghost. No, I'm dead serious. We actually have a ghost in the house. We found him yesterday. It's really uh, um, unnerving. And also, we have other great stuff at the book club, the news, and Brandon has links, although sadly we are sans Sparks today because Sparks is not here. He is in France. France! <laughs> Living yes. the dream. He's on a honeymoon. Because that guy got married. Sparks is on his honeymoon. Uh, mm -hmm. We wish him the best and a grand old time, but uh, he can't be here today for it, or else his fiance, would, his wife, oh no, oh, uh, his, his wife, wife his wife would kill him. It's true. Also, I would like kick him out because I'm like, bro, France, <laughs> bro, France. No, the Tower actually, of Eiffel's. Actually, what time is it in France right now? Anyway, oh, I was going to ask and I forgot to ask. You know, I have a world clock. I could check. I can always ask. I have a Google and I've got my Alexa. I could ask either one of those. Well, it's 4.25 a.m. in London and Paris is an hour um, is an hour um, later. So it's 5.26 a.m. in France right now. I mean, it is a long flight. I'm sure. So, so he might still be awake from his journey. Yeah. He did text us before this. Wished us a good, yeah. a good show. So That he did. That he good did. Man. Uh, but as Ben as Ben said as Ben said, we do have links in the description. Um, let's talk about yeah. some of the personal links because there's far less of those. Um, my uh, comic book resources, CBR, it used to be called comic book resources. Does anybody know that anymore? What is I? That, do you know what IGN stands for? Internet Gaming Magazine. It was Internet Game. IGN Internet Network. Internet Gaming Network. No. What was oh. it? Uh, 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 Imagine Games Network. Is it really? I think so. And then they just dropped it. They just dropped it because it wasn't as there. It's just been IGN for forever now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. CBR it used to be comic book resources. Now it's CBR. Like I, I, I always thought. I always thought it was Internet Gaming. Internet Gaming Network. It makes, it makes sense, right? But I'm yeah. pretty sure, like, I watched like a thing about it, and I could be hmm. just making shit up. But like, yeah, it's no, not the obvious thing. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, don't Never ask. Go don't ask me. What is it? What is it? Never, never let them know your next move. <clears throat> I was about to say ESPN was something, but everyone just calls it ESPN because the real acronym for ESPN is just so weird. Entertainment sports. No. no. Let's make up our own entertainment Extreme sports. Extreme society politics. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We did it um check out check out our version of espn which is far no better. sports on espn <laughs> um all oh. politics all extreme politics all the time what you're actually kind of right it stands for entertainment and sports programming network hmm. oh yeah yeah there you go look up ign since you're since you're looking things up look up ign okay fine uh, i'll look it up. Is, i'll look it up it's a real easy answer yeah now we're on a hunt yeah this is this is what we do on the show the hunt for the truth 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we're talking about ghosts. That's true. Yeah, That's it true. stands for, Ryan was right, the Imagine Games Network. Imagine yeah. Games Network. Wow, I didn't know that. Imagine coming up with that title. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so I, I, I write for Conflict Resources, CBR. I don't know why I did that again. Um, that link, my author link is down below. There's actually a few things that went up this week. There was like a the best animated games, uh, t- the best animated TV shows based on video games that went up. Um, there's a God of War article that I think went up. There's a DC movies that might be up now. I don't know. Click that link. I got a bunch of stuff. Can you can you send me the link to your animated game or games that turn into anime shows? I'm very curious to see what number one is. Uh, Arcane. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Any list that doesn't end with number one, Arcane, is wrong. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know why. My brain just went to, like, 90s cartoons, and I'm like, yeah, it has to be Sonic the You know what? nothing else. You know what? Sonic the Hedgehog, the 93 series, did make it on that list. Yay. Better. Because yeah. I gotta go. Ben, now we talk about a bunch of your links, because... Oh. Uh, as as it is every week, the uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are Ben Magnet days because you got Grayson live and you got D and Dark. Mm-hmm. That I do. So I think it was last week where I said we were done with with uh, Mario with uh, Mario 3D World. Now we're done with Mario 3D World. Mm. We're, we're we're done. We're done. Um, we may because our goal was to get to the um, to the special worlds like essentially the post game content after you get all the top of all five poles find all the stars and the stamps and we did that and we tried a level and we constantly failed and died it's very <laughs> hilarious i highly recommend watching it but our goal was to try and unlock rosalina we didn't do that and a little inside baseball today we recorded some stuff for mega man x4 so keep an eye on that in the future but also dean dark did you listen to this episode, DNR Not Brandon? Not yet. Ooh, it's so no spoilers. No spoilers, but let's just say the ending of the episode definitely gives you that cool anime end card feeling where you have a <laughs> the protagonist and a antagonist about to face off in a big showdown. Very cool. I think yeah. I kind of know what's going on because I did see the the cover art for this for this week. Um, very good. Uh, one of your one of your co-hosts does the. Um cover art for your show yes yes uh jordan uh jordan plays larry the wolfman um uh she does the cover art she pretty much she's the one who draws all the cool stuff like um our tiktok page the d and dark tiktok she's the one who does all the drawings and she's very talented and we're really glad to have her yeah okay um so so d and dark definitely check out d and dark it's a lot of fun i really enjoy listening to it i have just not listened to the latest episode um Dub, cool. let me know what you think i really want to know what you think I won't. I'm going to leave you in suspense. Um, but here's what I won't keep you in suspense with. The link, the other links are in the description because Sparks is on his honeymoon right now, but he he diligently worked to get a bunch of stuff up onto our YouTube channel. There's a bunch of stuff coming. There's a lot of stuff scheduled, so check that, check that, that stuff out next week. But right now, what I will tell you is that we have a bunch of Fakner's watches. So our audio feed for Fakner's watch is very busy. Um, Mandalorian season three is dropping on Wednesday. Uh, when we're recording this, it will be on Wednesday, and that's insane. Um, so season our discussion for season one and season two and the book of Boba Fett are now in the description are now going to be dropped on on the Figner's Watch feed. So make sure to subscribe to that if you haven't listened to those episodes, um, or if you just want a refresh of those episodes on your commute, they're, they're all going to be there. Um, it, it was really it's really fun going back to those old Figner's watches because we uh 
those the first season we did on the couch uh we, we yep. did those on the couch yelling into the boom mic we did yeah um so those are always fun and there's a there was a audio, slight audio problem with i think one episode of season two which i had to do some editing with but yeah, i explained it in the episode and it's all it's all fine um somehow it somehow it put two audio tracks on one it was really weird huh. double, um, double trouble uh, speaking of fakeness, watch Ryan. Hey, new episode of The Last of Us. It's true. Everyone for fakeness, watch. Guess what? Spoiler alert. Still a very quality show. Uh, there will be a two week hiatus because, again, uh, not only is Sparks on uh, vacay, so is Pi, friend of the show, who's also a co host of that fakeness watch. So, uh, two of the definitely the most because we know like what the game is and we know the titles of the episodes and like we know what's coming like two of the most like emotional episodes are coming so we're gonna have a nice big meaty sad episode uh uh to talk about uh, uh when when they get back uh check those out those are that's a a great great show to talk about especially with people who played the game very cool um and i uh, me and cookie cookie from just a little podcast joined me once again to talk about star trek picard season three and hey i gotta tell you guys shit i think they did it i think they might have done it that's what i've I'm heard hold- that's what i'm hearing i'm holding hope i'm holding that hope um, like it so far. it's uh it's um i'm you know i don't want to get my hopes up because like you know season two started strong too but mm-hmm. you know I, i'm kind of thinking like season two didn't start this strong like this is quality this is kind of what you wanted to see when you know if they ever made that you know what they talked about a lot like if they ever made that fifth movie after Nemesis, this is what you would have wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy with the show, but I was really excited to get to talk to Cookie about it. So there is actually two episodes in the description below. There is um, episode one and episode two. Uh, we have managed to record episode two uh, earlier today at the time of this recording. That's up now. Uh, we did it live. So you can check that out both those episodes. A lot of fun. I really enjoy the season. I really enjoy talking to Cookie about Star Trek. So there you go. Um, audio and video, by the way. Both The Last of Us and Picard, audio and video. Nice. Ben, why don't you give a little talk about Basement Arcade Pause Menu's newest episode? Yes. So the latest episode that dropped this past Friday, I interviewed a gentleman who I met up in Portland Retro Gaming Expo. He is name, his name is Adam Shook. He is also known as the Square Painter Online. And he paints amazing um, canvas paintings of video games. And I'm talking like the pixel art is absolutely stunning. He um recreates famous scenes from video games does a little bit of flair whoever's commissioning him and it was just an absolute amazing conversation with them and i also find out that he is the bloody bassist for a band called rex viper which is a band that um uh the angry video game nerd is a guitarist of and they have mm-hmm. essentially they kind of they mash song video game songs and class and 80 songs together and the song that's currently in my video game playlist and my um, workout playlist on my Spotify, it's called Mighty Wings and Hadokens, which is where they take the song Mighty Wings by Cheap Trick and they also incorporate elements from uh, Ryu and Ken stage from Street Fighter 2. And they also oh, change the lyrics up. So it's not just the, it, I mean, it's part of the lyrics of Mighty Wings, but they also change it up too. Like they they sing the 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 button combinations for the Shoryuken. Fantastic episode. Uh, just there, there is a little bit of a language in it, just FYI, but still, it's a fantastic episode. Highly recommend it. It was a, a blast recording it. Excellent. Yeah. Um, also, audio I reco- and video. 
yeah yeah i would definitely recommend watching the video because he does show off some of his uh paintings that he that he is working on but of course his work is also on his instagram it is really good work and let's just say uh if i had the cash <laughs> sure isn't that just isn't that just anything like when i first met him i was bummed because he had this beautiful gorgeous um it wasn't even a big one it was like a small it was a small canvas painting of Mega Man, and i'm like i want to take you home and it wasn't that expensive but i didn't know if i could get it home safely that was the problem excuse me i'm still recovering from being sick this past week oh, no. um i got i i came down with a People who watch the live show will know that I was hacking off, hacking out a lung on last week's live show. Um, so that turned out just I was just incredibly sick. So, uh, so if I if I'm coughing or sniffling, I apologize. It's all good. Um, there's a the top fifteen uh, that we did back in January. That's now up as a as its own separate video and an audio thing. Like I said, we're going to try and do a lot more audio, uh, taking out a lot of the audio from the show and putting them on the audio feed. Kind of just make episodes a little easier for people. Um, but the big deal is that Cinephiles, uh, Cinephiles is launched. Uh, we are officially doing uh, the Cinephiles, which we talked about last week. Sparks, uh, Sparks worked really hard to put up a lot of things. So Jung E is now a Cinephile. You can check that out. Uh, he, you know, he what he what Sparks did. He created a whole new intro for it, and it looks amazing. Uh, I highly recommend people just check out. If you guys don't want to, like, if you don't want to rewatch our our video of Jung E, that's fine. But like, check out that check out that new intro. It's really cool. Uh, music by Jeremy Bellucci, of course. Um, and then the first part of Scream, our Scream discussion, so Scream 1 and 2, is now available in audio and video as well. Uh, oh, cinephiles. That's... Which is a different intro, because it's a horror Cinephiles. I recommend that as well. Geek! That's me Great. being scared, because of the horror movies. And you do get scared. Cool. That's all the links we have. I have in the description. Who wants to go first of the week? You mute, you're oh, muted, you, Ryan. Muted yourself. I muted myself when I thought I was muted. That's so funny. <laughs> I will go first. It is me, Ryan. Um, so um before our friend Sparks left, he asked me, Hey, do you wanna do you wanna do a, a an animation station on a certain show that I won't reveal yet? Uh, because it hasn't come out yet. Uh the show is out, the animation station is not. Um uh so I watched all of that show. It's really great. Oh wait, why can't I talk about it? Spoiler, I also read 18 issues of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, so maybe it's tied together with that. Who knows? Yeah, I watched all of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Show's incredible. I got a anime station coming out about it. It's already going to be on my top 10, hands down, no matter what. It's the best thing that Marvel's animation has put out. It's Disney, but like the best Marvel uh, animated thing since our shows that we grew up with, like uh, uh, Earth's Marty's Heroes and Spectacular Spider-Man. It is insane. It is such a good show. I cannot, I, it's such quality. Every episode is beautiful and lovely and has a beautiful message. Uh, love it. It made me want to read the comics. So 18 issues of the original comic that came out in 2016. That comic is excellent as well. Super fun. Great message. Uh, uh, really, really great, like young adult uh, uh, comic. Uh, highly recommend both those things. Um, and then, uh, I think that's it. I watched The Last of Us and talked about The Last of Us. I'm still goofing around with my VR machine. That's just me that's like pew pewing in like Star Wars VR and it's like, you know, doing fun stuff. You know, I get you. after work, killing time. Uh, Mag is in the chat. I just want to acknowledge. Thank you. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be with someone you know, with, with being sick. I'm sorry you're sick, though. That actually does suck. 
I was um, this close to make a down with the sickness joke. I'm like, nah, nah, that that's not good. That's nice. You know what? You know what? I rem- you know what was so funny. So okay, so going through the Mandalorian episodes, do you know at the you know Sparks oftentimes put like a post credit scene at the end of a Mandalorian episode or, or at the end of any uh, any of our episodes, honestly. Um, and I for so like it, it brings back like old bits that we used to do, old things that we would talk about. And I remember, and and one of them is us showing Ben Richard Cheese for the first time. Oh, Dick Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember this, Ben? Mother, get up! Come on, get down yeah. with it's the Don, First, first scene in Dawn of the Dead is how a lot of us discovered it. But he's like a lounge singer who sings like popular songs. Oh. This is I, funny because this is the second time we've done this debate. <laughs> wait, I do. Okay, yeah, but it, yeah. Enough years have passed now. Yeah, I was like, I don't really remember that, but I do. Yeah, that hmm. first Mandalorian season was in 2020. Yeah, wild, hmm. right? Yeah, <laughs> that is wild. Actually, this end, it started in 2019 and ended in 2020. It's 2023. <laughs> Four times. Um, but yeah, I thought that was just really funny that like Richard Cheese came up again. Uh, I like Richard Cheese. All right. Anyway, sorry, Ben, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, so during the week, not a whole lot of stuff media wise, just trying to add more stuff to my Spotify playlist so I can have tunes listen to at the gym. Today, on the other hand, was a little bit different because um, today I went to there's a local video game store or a local video game shop that I like going to. They had a buy sell trade event. And today I was like, you know what? I have some games that I don't need anymore i need some space and i decided to part with a few games and while i was out there i was partying with some games and instead of selling games i actually did something i did i traded this is i haven't traded games for a long time and i, I traded barter system yep and i think i got a kick-ass deal because the game i got the guy was selling it for 85 dollars, and the games i had were around like say 95 around 95 dollars in total and it's a game I've been wanting for a very, very long time. It is coming to the Nintendo Switch online service very soon. It is none other than the GBA release of Fire Emblem. This is the first Fire Emblem that we've got here in the United States. And I have been wanting this game for a very, very, very long time. And it's cool. finally mine. You got it. I got it. So, yeah, that was a... That was a really fun find. That was one. I was just expecting to, to sell games and get some cash so I can sit, help save up for Hawaii. But I saw that. I was like, <laughs> you want to you down for a trade by any chance? I mean, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get rid of all my stuff. I do have a few games that are kind of um, garbage to say. <laughs> okay, not garbage, but there are so there's a few sports titles, a few GTAs that I don't want anymore. And it's it's just like I'm trying to get rid of this. And yeah, so that was really that was a really fun thing for me to get today. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, besides that, I sat down with uh, Grayson. Grayson and I record more stuff for his channel, so keep on the lookout for that. And before Sparks left, I also did an animation station with him about a certain blue dude what? who likes to go fast. What is happening? Why is all this animation stations happening? I mean, well, he and I watched a show, and we're like, hey, let's talk about it. And we did, and it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, how is so, the show? You want you want to give us like an overview of the show? How is it? Uh, for Sonic fans, you're gonna love it, or maybe not love it, but you're gonna enjoy it. Hmm. If you're not a fan of Sonic, this is probably isn't gonna really bring you into into like. More... I mean, if you like the movies, this one isn't gonna probably make you into a really big Sonic fan. So if I if I a person who is interested in watching more Sonic after the fir- after watching the second movie wanted mm-hmm. to watch more Sonic, this wouldn't be the gateway. No. 
It's really what I no. want to know, honestly. Yeah, uh, I would definitely uh, narrative wise, not so much. I would, I mean, animation wise, yes, but narrative wise, not so much. Yeah. I would say Sad AM. The Sad, oh, Sonic Sad, uh, Sonic Sad AM. That's it. Sonic the Hedgehog. It just like just playing Sonic the Hedgehog. The community calls it Sad AM because that's that's when it came on. There's no really other. It's 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 essentially Sonic the Hedgehog 1993. That AM show. Saturday okay. morning is when it came on. That's why. It's, yes. Yeah. You have to yeah, explain that's... that because that just saying sad am does not mean yeah. anything. That sorry, <laughs> sorry, I could have swore I could have explained that before, but yeah, uh, I, I, def- I, I can honestly say that was the first time I've ever heard you say that. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Sonic but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, not that one. Um, okay. but yeah, besides that, not a whole lot. Just Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have a whole lot to do. As I said, I was sick. Um, and when I get sick, my when I got sick this week, my head got really fuzzy and it was really hard for me to concentrate on anything. But I did watch a few things. Um, well, yes, Ben, you raised your hand. I did because there was one thing I did want to talk about really quick. and I thought it was yes, really, really cool. So, Brandon, your partner had her birthday party this yes, she uh, past weekend. And while I'm driving from my house to yours, it's a bit of a trek. And the way we're going went through some mountains. And for the first time in my entire life, living here in Southern California, I drove through snow. Mm, Here's the thing. Let me, let me, let me, let me like put this into perspective for people who are listening to this, who don't live in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. That is such a monumental thing for us that he's talking about it on this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's, it's a big deal. Like the Y'all last time in the world, <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that this I, is that's not good, man. It's, it's it's very cool to see. It shouldn't be snowing here, y'all. That's a problem. That's a well, problem. Well, apparently, this um, uh, meteorologists on the on the news were saying that this is. I mean, this happened before. I want to say in like the late eighties, where lower sure. elevation because it's not like all of Los Angeles was covered in snow. They did say on the news it was lower elevation. No, the rest elevation. of it was just flooded. Yeah, that. <laughs> um that the conditions were just perfect enough were just right enough because i guess there was like a big polar um low pressure coming in from the north from the north and it just hit us in a spot that hasn't hit us in over Mm. 30 some odd years and at certain elevations you would see snow that don't normally see snow i mean the parts of the mountains that i was able to see when i was going to the event today were gorgeous and i was only driving through the snow for about five minutes maybe a little bit more and then once i got like maybe two or three feet lower in elevation it was just regular rain again so for i I had just gotten out of the shower and i get a phone call from ben it's snowing (laughs) i I was amazed because you guys know i would i used to go to montana with my mom my family's from montana and we Mm. that snow was normal there for Mm. us californians it's not normal and yeah it's very not normal so if to me it was cool to see this once in a lifetime thing and hopefully it doesn't have it again because you because as as brian said it shouldn't be snowing because we're not supposed to get it but just the conditions were just right enough that we got a little bit of snow and even mag is mag is in chat saying the burbank five was closed because of flood warnings driving driving in this in this stupid storm has been awful because I because I have to drive yeah. 25 miles to work every day. That's it's been awful. Uh, yeah. Like thankfully, I have the next two days off. So uh, it, it, when it's raining, so like hopefully it'll stop. Yeah, just because oh, of no. other people, I'm I'm fine. It's other people. Somebody oh, no. I, I will not lie. Driving to Brandon's house to get to the party on time. I wasn't on time. I was a little bit late, unfortunately. But 
I was making I was going slower on purpose to make sure I wasn't yeah. hydroplaning because there were parts of the freeway that I was white knuckling because I'm just like making sure like laser focused on making sure my tires stay where they're supposed to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um okay. Um I watched the Batman. Great movie. Don't need to talk a lot about that. Um it's Batman. I watched uh, the first Rocky movie. Uh, I got into my head to try and watch all the Rocky and Creed films before Creed three. Before I go see Creed three, probably not going to make it, but I'll get close. I think um, the reason why I wanted to do it is because there's a few I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen two or five. It, I don't think I've so seen four either. That's so interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, back in the old days, I would just flip through channels and just watch TV and watch the movie on like Showtime. I guess, yeah. It's just like you've seen one and then three? Yeah, I saw one, three, and I saw six in theaters. That's just that's just interesting. Well, is six, saw... the, is six the reboot, or is that, Rock, is that Rocky Balboa? Six was Rocky Balboa. Oh, then that's fine. That's a reboot. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, and then I saw I saw, and I, I saw Creed 1 and 2 in theaters also. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I'm, you know, I, I haven't seen Creed 2 or, or 5. I don't think I've seen 4. I'm pretty. I might have though. I, I don't got a robot in it specifically. Yeah, that's the one he's re-edited, right? To take out the robot. I don't know if like I mean like all like, I think like the DVDs and like like the Netflix versions will still be the same. I don't think he's. I don't think the the Stallone cut has happened quite yet. Yeah, because he was talking about it doing like a Godfather Part Three. Uh, yeah. How they re-edited Godfather Part Three. Oh, take out the charm of that movie. Give me a break. Come on. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, look, I saw the first Rocky movie. I've seen it before. It's a great movie. Uh, you know, I I really like boxing movies. I think they're just really cool. I mm-hmm. I think what it is is because like boxing movies are like you know it's one on one. It's you're following a guy training to to be a good boxer, and then you're following him in the ring. Whereas like most other sports movies, you're following like a team of people. You're following like a coach or really like I think boxing movies are a lot more intimate. I think that's why I prefer them to the sports movies. Yeah. Um. I'm really excited for Creed Three. I'm hearing really great things. I can't wait. There's a uh, there's an MMA movie called uh, A Warrior with Joel Edgerton and uh, Tom Hardy and Nick Nolte, and that's probably like my favorite sports movie uh, because that's about two brothers uh, where they both like make it to the finals of this tournament, and like you want them both to win. So it's like literally like a really tough final match because you're like, I don't know who's gonna win, and I don't know who I want to win because they're both guys who've been through a lot in their life and they're battling mm. each other. And it's like, man, it's kind of like like the evil version, like what Creed 3 seems to be about. Like, like yeah. you know, like, like you're almost like your brother is coming to haunt you. But it's like, what yeah. if you love your brother and you have to fight him? I should check that out. It's awesome. It's great. A lot of family yeah. drama. It's really great. What's it called? Warrior? Warrior. Warrior. I'll check it out. Warrior. I want to see that one. Um, cool. And then I saw, I saw The Notebook. I've never seen The Notebook before. And it was Zara's birthday and she wanted to watch a romantic film. So we watched The Notebook. Um... You know, I don't think it's hard to say that movies. I don't think it's a hard hot take to say that movies really great. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a cheesy romantic film, but it works. Uh, it's I I called the twist coming. There's like a twist in the movie, but like I don't think it's it's impossible to say that you catch it pretty quickly. You catch on pretty quickly to what's going on. One um, MTV's best kiss the year it came out or whatever. I believe it. And it, it, they did the kiss on stage and everything. It was very cute. That's a good kiss. It is. Um, Ryan Gosling is, you know, he's a dreamboat. Yeah. Ben, um, have you seen uh, Lenovo? Nope. No, no you should. Never seen it. Uh, it's, it's, on good. Our, it's, it's, on a, it's It's 
It's a really, really good movie. Yeah. That's the it's one on our poster. Rang... Oh, it you is. know that scratch off poster, the 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 mm-hmm. one hundred best movies you should see before you die, or whatever oh, yeah, it's yeah. called. It's on that. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a very good movie. Uh, I didn't know that. Um. Jesus. Uh. What's the guy's name from Atlantis? He's the bad guy in Atlantis. A horrible pull. No, not Stargate Atlantis. The movie Atlantis: The Lost Empire with oh Milo and the guy, the evil guy. I don't. The, dude, that's an animated movie. I don't know the face. The I just name know Michael J. It's on the tip of my tongue. I I don't remember his name. I just um, I just know Michael J. Fox is in the movie. That's about it. And Larry Nimoy, but that's it. It's it's not John Lemon. It's the other one who's paired with him in Grumpy Old Men. Walter Matthau. <laughs> No, not Walter Matthau. Uh, saying the army guy? Yeah, the army guy from Atlantis. Arlie Ermey? Arlie Ermey? No. Um, army guy? Oh, no, we're lost. Yeah, he, he, he often does like movies with John Lemon. Probably shouldn't be caught on this for so long. It's okay. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I'm sure someone will look it up. Uh, but... Look, it's a great movie. It's a really fun. It was a really good movie. You know, it's 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 one of those tearjerker romantic comedies that that probably everybody should watch at one point in their life. Yeah. Finally, the last thing I'll talk about is 1923, which ended its first season today. Actually, just earlier today. Um, this is the Harrison Ford Helen Mirren prequel to the TV series Yellowstone. Um, Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford are incredible. It's probably a career best performance from the last 20 years from Harrison Ford. I don't think he's ever, I don't think he's probably cared enough about a script to act in it, mm-hmm. but like he really, he clearly enjoyed working on this show and wanted to like give it his all and it shows. James yeah. Garner. James Garner. Oh, sh- oh, sure, sure. He's not a guy who's on the top of my, my reservoir. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah. You. Uh, yeah, James Garner. I really like James Garner. He's a really fun dude. He's really funny. Um, I just, I just like his line. Okay, who's not dead? Sound off. Good. He's got a really good voice. I love it when I win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about that all the time. Great movie. Atlantis: The Lost Empire is a great movie, guys. It is. Um. Anyway, 1923. Really excellent show. Um. I really liked watching 1883, uh, which is the last prequel series that uh, which is the first prequel series for Yellowstone. That was really good. I think that one's better. I think 1923 is a little bit disjointed because there's one plot line specifically about a, about a Native American girl who runs away from a um, a school that these priests are running uh, to turn them to make them into good women and wives. And it's like the law says you have to go to school, so these women are taken to the school. And they're beaten and they're molested and they're it's awful. It's it's awful. And the plot line is that she escapes and runs away and the priests run after her and she a bunch of death. And but that has nothing to do with what's happening in Yellowstone. So I'm not quite sure what the point of it was. It's good on its own, but it almost feels like that should have been its own story. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um because when you keep it in like the show, because when you're following the show, you're following the story of the Duttons and you're following Harrison Ford and his family. And then you got Spencer Dutton, who is his nephew, who's oh. in Africa. Do you think because this show is like very like spin off heavy and likes to be like, you know, inclusive, like all different shows that's like set up for something in the future, potentially. Oh, maybe. 
I kept wondering it because I also started watching Yellowstone a couple weeks ago. It's very boring, so it's really hard for me to get through. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really like the prequels, which is really weird. Um, yeah. it, it's just paced differently. But there's a there's a there's a reservation that plays heavily into the plot line of Yellowstone, and I was wondering if that was like set up for that. Maybe, and it could yeah. and it could still be because there's a second season coming. But I, I at right now I'm just kind of confused why it was even included. Yeah. Um, but while you're watching, like you're watching Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren and, and their and their family and the Yellowstone and everything going on in Montana, and and Timothy Dalton is awesome in the show. He's a he's a creep. Um, and then there's Spencer Dutton who's in Africa who's falling falling in love with this British girl named Alexandra, and it's amazing and it's a wonderful love story and I was completely invested in it. Um, honestly, like one true pairing. I love them to death. Um, he's like this. He's like this hunter who's like killing like who's like killing deadly animals, and then she's like she like swoons over him and like leaves his leaves her her fiance and run and runs away with him to the plains of Africa where she almost gets eaten by lions and it's like and a, then that, it's like a, it's like a thirties like romance novel. Yeah, it really is, yeah. and it's and it's so compelling because the actors are clearly like they got, they got great chemistry. You know, I often talk about like the the kind of chemistry where they like. When when they're not on screen, you know they're they're having sex. Mm. Um, this that chemistry, and I'm like, yeah, this gotcha. is the yeah, good yeah. chemistry. Um, but then, so like, it has all that, and that all has to do with one. It's all of the Duttons, and then this Native American plotline. I'm like, oh right, I forgot we're doing this Native American plotline too. Um, but it's really good. I really enjoy it. Um, I highly recommend it. Honestly, if you don't even watch Yellowstone, if you know nothing about the show Yellowstone, it's really compelling on in its own right. You have you don't need to um i i it's only eight episodes and they're incredible i really liked it um that's it love that's it we, shall like we love shall we introduce the world to babs once again bread and butter time for those of you who don't know that is our news theme song our also news spokesperson back. Also named after the well, not named after, but shares the same name with the pink bunny from Tiny Toons. Does it? Yeah, Babs. Babs, yeah. Babs and Babs. Buster. Oh, that's right. They had different names because they mm-hmm. weren't younger versions of nope. Bugs Bunny. That's right. Oh man, I forgot all about that show. No, or... I was just no, I was cycling through my games, and I have uh, the Tiny Toons Babs break uh, big breakout uh, Game Boy game. So yeah, mm. anyways, sorry rant. Let's go to news. It's fine. I love rants. They're they're wonderful. All right, uh, some sad news up top. Uh, Leiji Matsumoto, who is the creator of Space Battleship Yamato, among others, uh, big uh, manga anime guy, passed away at the age of eighty five due to an acute heart failure. Yeah, this is uh, uh, I haven't watched this, but I know this has a lot of uh, uh, like legacy and a lot of inspiration for a lot of things. Like it is a this did come out a couple years before Star Wars, and it's not like this was anything uh, Star Wars took a lot of, but like you could see it in there too. Just like some yeah. of like the designs and stuff. Um, you know, that's a shame. Rest in peace. Space, Space Battleship Yamato has one of my favorite images of just a because it's what's really what I really like about it is that it wasn't just like. So the Yamato is like a really popular, it's like a really famous uh, uh, Navy ship in, in Japan. Um, it's a, a part of the, was part of the Japanese Navy, I think during World War II. Um, but it, instead of like making a, 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 a spaceship called the Yamato, they just made the Yamato 
and put it in space with like rocket sheds on the it's one of my favorite like designs it's just like a, it's just like a ship that you would see in the ocean but just in space yeah it's a it's got a good look to it um yeah i've never well this unfortunately now this one may probably make me check it out but uh mm-hmm. this is this is yeah, unfortunate yeah it uh steven universe uh the creator of steven universe said that uh uh his work was um a big inspiration to that show specifically so yeah, that that, that sucks. Really prolific guy. Yeah. Yeah. Some video game news. Call of Duty news. That I thought was kind of cool. Uh, Microsoft has signed a 10-year contract to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo platforms on the same day as their release on Xbox. Yeah. Have any of you guys been following the Call of Duty or not Call of Duty, the Activision? Microsoft, yeah, Activision Blizzard acquisition by Microsoft? Not they, closely. A little bit, yeah. yeah. So people are saying that the reason why um, Microsoft is doing this is so – because right now this um, acquisition is being heavily scrutinized and it's also being blocked over in England. Oh, um, yeah, the British lawmakers are saying that this is not – this is going to cause a monopoly. It's going to be – it's going to not bring competition. And if it's blocked in England, there's a very high chance it's going to be blocked here. So essentially, this people are saying this is Microsoft's way of trying to say, no, we're not going to be monopolistic. We're going to bring Call of Duty to other games. And um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but Sony is also throwing a bit of a hissy fit saying that Microsoft shouldn't have this because it's going to be monopolistic, yada, yada, yada. Because, you know, it's a very big acquisition of a lot of studios. Activision Blizzard has a lot of studios underneath it. So, yeah. Um, but it is cool that Microsoft is putting their foot forward and straight up saying that we are going to bring stuff to Nintendo. A 10 year deal is nothing to sneeze at. At the I same. We, I think we talked about it when, when this deal was going through with that. Um, Ryan, I think, speculated that Microsoft would do something like this, allow these the, these games that would technically be exclusive to them because of the acquisition, but lease them out to other mm-hmm. other consoles like this. Yeah, yeah they, it's still a uh, way to make to make a lot of money. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they said they're going to license the titles. Um, but I do know that British Parliament, that um, not British Parliament, but British lawmakers said the deal can go through, but not with Call of Duty. As in, Call of Duty remains its own separate thing. The rest of Activision Blizzard can be owned by Microsoft, except for Call of Duty. And it of is course, a lot of their profit. Call of Duty is yeah. huge, huge, and of course. And of course, Microsoft is saying, but there is no deal without Call of Duty because they really want Call of Duty. Of course, yeah. Uh, Call of Duty has never been on Nintendo platforms, has it? It has. It there, has. I mean, the main not every so, single one, but it has. No, right. but yeah, um, there's like a few DS games. I want to say there's a few Wii U games, but it, but it, it's been like up and down. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Sure. The thing about this is like to have it be day and date. Um, like whether you like them or not, Call of Duty. Every new Call of Duty is like the best looking game when it comes out. Like they like they put so much money into Call of Duty. Like those games look incredible and they play incredible. Um, quite frankly, the Switch cannot run a tenth of what Call of Duty's trying to do. And there is, you know, a lot of games now are doing the a Switch specifically is doing st- like streaming, like cloud service, but not everyone has good internet. So like, unless they're just gonna make a really ugly game, then like I'm just I don't know anyone who personally is going to choose to play Call of Duty on the Switch as opposed to any other console. That's the mm. thing. And I there mean, was like there was a small market, but like who who would play it? But like it, it's like, it's not a lot. Like they don't go to they don't go to Switch for these mature shooters. No, um, I mean a lot. Of, 
I, I would speculate that a lot of Switch owners are also dual console households where they have the Switch and they also have an Xbox or a PlayStation, yeah. much like a lot of us, uh, like the three of us, but or four of us, including Sparks. At the same t- at the same time, I don't when I hear Call of Duty, that's like PS, that's PlayStation and Xbox and yeah. PC. Those games make those systems and compute and PCs, whereas Nintendo, no. I hear Call of Duty on Nintendo. I run far away. I'm not the biggest. I'm not a big Call of Duty fan. And already it's like, hey, let's play Call of Duty on Nintendo. I'm like, hell no. Yeah, it is literally like my last my last choice I would choose. I was like, I'm yeah. like, I own, I own, I now own everything. Uh, I don't own a new Xbox, but I do own an Xbox, which is, you know, mm-hmm. like backgrounds compatible with everything. So I don't really care. But like, I'm not going to hand, handheld play my call of, the newest Call of Duty. Like that just seems silly. No. Uh, Blumhouse. Blumhouse has launched Blumhouse Games, which is going to be a studio that will produce original horror video games uh, for mobile, PC, and consoles. So not just, by the way, not just based on their original IP, but like original ones uh, that they've come up uh, out of of thin air. This could be really good for horror fans. Yeah. Um, Blumhouse has made some pretty damn good horror films, and they can... And the correlation between a horror, like what makes a horror game great, in my personal opinion, is your constant sense of dread and suspense. Like every turn you go is like something. I mean, it's not just like jump scares. I mean, yes, Five Nights at Freddy's is very jump scare heavy, but also you have a lot of other games with like a bunch of body horror, like Resident Evil 4, which by the way, the trailer looks freaking dope. Um, I feel like Blumhouse can knock it out of the park, especially if they're part of the story side and they help with um like creating the worlds and crafting the worlds of how the games are like the world of the games Mm -hmm. so at least that's i think this could be a smash hit for horror game fans to be perfectly honest yeah and the thing about horror games is like a lot of them like they can be indie uh uh, Mm -hmm. like too close to camera like a lot of blumhouse movies like they're 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 lower budget and that doesn't doesn't mean bad that just means like they know how to make a good movie on a lower budget so they can make Mm -hmm. great games on a lower budget too especially horror games Uh, that's where they thrive um i'm looking at their like filmography and i'm like yo like like megan the purge uh uh they could they there's even if they do original stuff they have a couple upgrade there's a couple franchises that could make great games like i'm imagining like like hey, like a uh, four uh, v one, like uh, Dead by Daylight, but you play as a vegan, uh, and that'd be really fun. I think, or like a, a or like a purge survival horror game. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I think this is a totally fine idea. Like it's just like it's just I know Jason Blum like likes video games too, and that dude just like he just wants to expand the empire. And I'm like, go for it, man. As long as you put quality and love into it, mm-hmm. like I have no problem with this. Me neither. Did you guys see the set? The building the set for Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. I did not. Yeah. Uh, looks so good. I'm excited. <sighs> Um, and then uh, a surprise announcement: Mortal Kombat 12 is, post, is apparently going to be released this year. Yeah, it was a surprise to Ed Bloom, the founder of NetherRealm Studios, too, because this happened during a stu- a, 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 a stockholders meeting with ex- executives, where he's like, "Hey, here's all the great things coming out this year. We have this, this. We have the newest Mortal Kombat coming out later in the year." And then Ed Boone on Twitter was like, "You guys hear any great announcements today that I didn't hear about?" Uh, and everyone's like, oh, Ed, we're so sorry. Because this happens more often than not, specifically with video games, because they get announced so uh, late or so early and stuff like that. Um, and this was a trajectory. Like, th- we knew a new game was going to come out eventually. Uh, but to not have it be by the guys making the game itself is a big bummer. Uh, that's that really cool, though, because I, I know we all love Mortal Kombat, and that just means, hey, that means that we get a new game this year. Hot dog. Yeah. Yeah, I would those, say that... Oh. Those investor meetings are really... 
it's crazy that we're getting news announcements from investor meetings these days. It really, it's really dumb, honestly. Sometimes, real quick, Ben. Sometimes, like they're more subtle about it. Like, hey, we have new, we have new entries in our biggest franchises. But sometimes they do have to be more specific. And I wonder if this also because it's like Warner Brothers and that's like with their video games. They're like, hey, don't worry about our video games. We have the new Mortal Kombat, you know, which is a huge movie franchise too and stuff. So like, you know, sometimes like they got to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. True. This entire thing kind of reminds me of when Smash Melee was announced for the GameCube because Sakurai mm-hmm. didn't know. Sakurai had no clue that. And then it's like, they're like, hey, we're making a Smash Bros. game. And Sakurai's like, what? News what to the me. F do you mean we're making a Smash game? I didn't know about this. Yeah, it's always before. the people upstairs who know before the people downstairs. Uh, yeah, uh, which is fine. And then, of course, Melee comes out and turns out to be one of the best games on the GameCube ever made. Um, I mean, cool. More, more, more Mortal Kombat. Yay! I'm not mad about it. I'm all for more Mortal Kombat. I'm just kind of bummed Ed didn't know about it first because that's you would think it's like, hey, guy, can you like hurry it up? Because I'm really scared now that um, now that it's like, hey, it's coming out this year. I really hope NetherRealm Studios doesn't enter a really bad crunch time. Uh, well, I, I mean, really hope that does not happen. Mortal Kombat uh, 11 came out like f- four years ago, so I'm 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 sure if it's coming out still like in eight months, like I'm I'm sure they'll be fine. Okay, yeah, that's a yeah. good point. It's been a, it's been a few years now. Probably crunch wouldn't have come into it. Right. Yeah. Um. And they're a studio who like they they usually do their stuff on their own time too because they're a big enough studio. Like we mm-hmm. haven't heard bad things from that studio. At least is what I mean to say because you know mm-hmm. it could always be hidden. Mm-hmm. The most interesting thing because it's not Injustice Three, which a lot of people speculated, but because of a lot of the Warner Brothers shakeup stuff, like they said, hey, we're doing we're not doing Injustice. We're not going to tell you what we're doing. We only make one other game, so guess what it is. But you know, it's not Injustice. Um, the way Mortal Kombat 11 ends, and we will get through it eventually on Basement Arcade. The way Mortal Kombat 11 ends, I have no idea what this new game could be. And that's really exciting. Because it is like, without spoilers, like, it's like a new foundation for like, it might be a it might be a reboot is what I'm saying. Like, it might be a brand new thing. Uh, that's what I'm most excited about. Um, and when we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's exciting. Did they, did they announce Injustice 3? I could have swore no, I no. saw. No. Oh, it's probably fake. I'm all I am on that injustice news hardcore. All the leaker sites, all of it. I'm like, give me it. Oh, Constantine's in it. No, it's not. It's fake. Yeah, okay. There's a, there has been a lot of talk about it coming, but there has been no announcement. Yeah. Um, because even I've seen it, and if I'm seeing video game rumors like, oh, Injustice Three, Injustice Three, like you know, there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've uh, yeah. Stay tuned for Mortal Kombat 11 on Basement Arcade. Get over here. I'm excited to play that, honestly. Never get tired of saying that. I know. Uh, some comic book adaptation news. With, with uh, We'll start with Dead Boy Detective. Uh, Dead Boy Detective is not dead, surprisingly. Um, this was started as the spinoff to Doom Patrol and then evolved in its, into its own thing. Um, but it is, it is not going to be on HBO Max anymore. It will be on Netflix. So... Uh, they moved it to Netflix rather than canceling it. I'm glad. I'm glad they're not canceling it, but I'm like, it could just be its own show on HBO. Like, yeah, that that was that was weird. It's kind of it's kind of feels like well. The, so the reason is because it doesn't fit with Saffron and Gunn's plan, and I think maybe because Dead Boy Detectives doesn't star any DC characters really. I mean, Dead Boy Detective are DC characters, but there's not like 
Moon Girl and Moon Girl, yeah, Marvel character. There's not, you know what I mean. There's not like a Superman or a Batman in in this. So That's I guess even more reason that it can't just be an HBO show, right? Yeah, but so I wonder if maybe they want to lump it in with Sweet Tooth and Sandman on Netflix. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Just make it, it. It is still a comic book adaptation. Yeah, that's as long as it's not getting canceled. I guess that's the important thing. Yeah, and it, it is weird, and I kind of understand because, like I said, Sweet Tooth and Sandman are also on Netflix, and they're getting new seasons, and hopefully won't end anytime soon. Um, so maybe they're just like, you know what, it fits with them. So that'll be that'll be like DC on Netflix or Vertigo, even just call it Vertigo on Netflix. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, Mag. Uh, uh, yeah, there was a, an animated gorilla show that got canceled. Was there? Uh, that is a, a large, a large bummer in the heart. Yeah. Something is killing the children. Not actually. This is the comic books. Um, uh, Not yet. It, it is going to be adapted. James Tynan, the fourth comic book series. Something is killing the children. We already knew it was getting an adaptation. Now we know who from. Netflix has gone his. Part, has re-upped a five-year deal with the creators of Dark and 1899, Baron Bo Odar, and John 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 Tier Freese. Uh, they will adapt the show. Yes, I believe because uh, uh, both those shows are German, so I believe they those they are also German. But uh, I have not watched 1899, and I haven't finished Dark. But what I've seen of Dark is an incredible show. They do incredible, incredible atmospheric mystery shows. Um, there aren't a lot of shows that I think can can actually be compared to Twin Peaks in terms of atmosphere and like and spookiness. But like, but Dark is one of those shows. Um, they just they have a vibe to the shows they make that are just really, really intense. Uh, and we've all read volume one of something is killing a children. It's about, it's about, uh, monsters eating children and this girl, like a Buffy type character slaying these monsters. Um, so that's perfect. That's awesome. I, I love this comic. Um, I'm glad it's, it's, it's becoming a real thing with like creatives who I believe in. So like, I, I only have faith in this. This, this is, this is good. Yeah. This was, you know, it's a nice consolation prize for canceling 1899. Yeah, it's it's hundred percent true. A five year deal means like this is probably gonna be like a five a five or a, hopefully a multi season show gets yeah. more than t- Netflix too. And they'll they'll I mean the five year deal also means that they can develop any, uh, other shows. So that's good. It's good for them. I'm glad yeah. about that. The Umbrella Academy has cast Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally as Doctor Jean and Jean Thibodeau. Uh, it's G G E N E and J E A N. Two G, two different genes. Very cute. Um, uh, they're community college professors in the Midwest, and David Cross has been cast as Cy Grossman, an upstanding but shy man desperate to reconnect with his estranged daughter. I'm sure we talked about it about uh, Umbrella Academy getting another season, but I, I guess I just completely forgot because I saw this news and I'm like, oh word. Oh, now, now I'm going to catch up uh, with that last season. Um, yeah, I like I all just... these actors. That's, that's great. And they're, these guys always showing up together as a married couple in real life in shows. Like, they always have great chemistry. So, like, I'm all about it. It's yeah. the fourth and final season coming up. Cool. Oh, I definitely need to catch up then. Um, but, yeah, every time I hear Nick Offerman's casting something, I always get excited. I love that guy. I love that actor. Oh, I... yeah. Why have you watched The Last of Us then? Shut up. <laughs> I, did, I, mean, he I said, did. He did say he get excited. He doesn't say he he jumps on it. No, I said it got excited. I said it got excited. 
I have to, um, I, I cannot tell you, sorry, quick tangent. I, I cannot tell you how many times I have to keep reminding myself that Metal Beard from the Lego movie is the same person as Ron Swanson. They're voiced by the same guy, and it right, blows right. my mind every time. He loves bacon in America. I, uh, Sparks and I did a fake news watch on Umbrella Academy season three. Um, it's, it's, I think it's a really good season. It is a step down from season two, from season one and two. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm hoping a fourth season allows them to go out strong. It's open. Here's open. Wonder Man news. Wonder the, Man. Sh- the show that is get to be officially announced by Netflix, by, by Marvel. Um, Lauren Glazier from who is in Mindhunter uh, has been cast in the series. We don't know as who. Uh, Demetrius Gross or Gross uh, from Fear the Walking Dead and Rampage is in talks to play the Grim Reaper, uh, that character. And Stella Meg Meghi, Meji, sure, uh, the director of the photograph is going to direct multiple episodes of the series, as well as D- Daniel Destin Cretton, who we knew was developing the show. He will direct multiple episodes as well. He's Shang-Chi? Yeah, he's the director of Shang-Chi. Also one of the Avengers movies? Kang Dynasty, I think, yeah. yeah. Awesome, and he's doing TV? Good for him. I love that that dude like is committed to Marvel, that he like, yeah. will do TV show. Cool. Uh, I was like, who's Lauren Glazer? I recognize her. She's cool. Uh, Grim Reaper, who is the brother of Wonder Man, is a great, stupid villain. He's got a giant scythe for a hand. He's 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 got a green reaper look and he's got a cape and he's and he's a giant scythe. He's super dumb. He's a he's an enemy in all the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games because there's a fun dude to fight with a scythe hand. Uh, of course he'll show up. It makes sense. It's his brother. Yeah. I, I, the show's still happening. That's that's cool. That's a cool one. This is a Hollywood Hollywood based show, so I'm excited to see how they do that with superhero stuff. Me too. Um, this is uh, we we all thought he would show up in in uh, Vision and uh, Wandavision because he's in Vision. Uh, and there's that he's even the, there's, there's a tease. He's in the the opening like credits. Like you see yeah. like you see his helmet and a scythe and like they they're burying his dead body. So people thought like oh he will never show up. And I'm like, ooh, plot twist. But now we're finally getting that. Um, cool. Thunderbolts has cast Steven Yoon um, mm-hmm. as an unknown role who will be important to the MCU going forward. Get that Marvel money. Yes. Hell yeah, Steven Yoon's great. Um, man, boy, howdy. I love, I always love when like big actors, and specifically when Marvel's like, they're casting a big role. Because then fun comic book speculation could start. And specifically with the Thunderbolts, uh, if you're looking at that, that bubble of characters, there's not a lot of characters really he could be unless they're just changing the race of uh, 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 the nationality of the character, which is totally fine. That's not a big deal. Um, everyone immediately went to Amadeus Cho. Stephen Young is 40. Amadeus Cho is like 20. Uh, no, sorry, y'all. That. He's a little late. 10 years ago, maybe, when he was Glenn. Not right now. He's in dad mode now. Um, one of the biggest and I think most fun speculations was that he's the Molecule Man. Because not only is the Molecule Man someone who is important to the future of the MCU, specifically with Secret Wars, because he is the power that is keeping Battleworld alive, the multiple universes in one planet, it's his power that's keeping it alive through Doctor Doom. Um, Molecule Man is a villain of the Thunderbolts, and he shows up in in the Thunderbolts Dark Avengers with Norman Osborn and that whole Thunderbolts thing. So like, there is a perfectly good setup for him to be that character, who is a a kind of a villain, can be hero at times. Um, he could also just be literally anybody else but like you know that was the most fun uh idea of like oh molecule man is a really fun idea he's really kooky too um but you know thunderbolts who knows he could just be 
the president's assistant. <laughs> sure. Uh, the the important person, the most important person in the MCU, the president's assistant. Hey, he could be a secret, like secret scroll. Who knows? What if he's Rick he Jones? Listen, I, I, you know, I love Rick Jones. Rick Jones is like the the secret, like. He's like the secret. He's like Jimmy Olsen to the entire Marvel universe. He has been the sidekick of everybody. He is like the focal, like human lens of the entire Marvel universe. And I think it would have been cool to have that for, for the MCU. Uh, I think it's a little late now, especially when he's forty years old. But uh, you know, ben, know, you were gonna say something? No, not really. I'm just happy that he's getting another big comic book role because first, Glenn, Walking Dead, Invincible, Invincible. And now he is good. He got uh, Marvel, which is arguably the biggest thing in film right now, uh, money wise, at least. So get that money, dude. Get that whenever, money, Steven. Whenever a new actor is cast of someone like Steven Yeun, who was in an Oscar nominated film, Minari, um, people are always like, oh, save him from Marvel because, you know, the internet is dramatic. Um, but like, he's a nerd. He's one hundred percent a nerd, and he really yes. likes com- and he's, he really likes doing these comic book roles. And it's not like he has agency in his own life, and he didn't choose to sign exactly. onto this movie to make millions hey. of dollars. Like, come on, y'all, it's his life too. Hey, um, internet, you guys do realize that you can be amazing actors in Oscar-nominated films, but also be big nerds at the same time, right? Yeah, but yeah, or you know just that? be an actor, like or John be an actor. Majors- is a creed and ant-man in the same the same like month yeah exactly I really, I, I really like steven ewan as an actor and a voice actor specifically because i think that he um and this is why i know he's a, he's a he's a nerd because you know he's in a bunch of geek shows he was the lead character in voltron legendary defender and he's incredible in that show he's the lead character in invincible he's incredible in that show um the walking dead he's really great um and the, and the thing is like the 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 the, the thing that I think is always so interesting is obviously like the, the internet is really dramatic, especially when it comes to the MCU these days. Um, yeah. And so when you see something like this and it's like, but it, it's like, it's like Michael B. Jordan being cast in a Dragon Ball Z movie, right? Like if that were to happen and Michael B. Jordan was cast as Vegeta, that's not going to happen, but just in case, um, be, because like he would probably wanted to do it because he's a nerd and he likes doing these things. Yeah. I mean, wasn't it confirmed that his Killmonger costume is it's Vegeta's costume? Of, yes. Exactly. It's Vegeta. Yeah. 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 That's why I that's why I specifically said, man, but how cool would that be? Michael like, uh, B. Jordan as Vegeta? Take my money. Well, we listen, in our lifetimes, we will see something live action related with Dragon Ball again. Yeah. But will, will it hurt us again like it did last time? That's the real question. Because that's a tough franchise not. to pop. That's a tough that franchise is. to pop on live action. That's yeah. Tough. Yeah. But now let me tell you, not everything that Marvel does is exciting to me because they also announced that Rogers the Musical will be coming to the Hyperion at Disneyland's California oh, Adventure. Thank God I'm not the only one who's like, ugh, about this. Listen, no, there's, we, we are, I'm not going to say the minority. I think it is like 50-50. Like, you like it or you don't. And I'm like, mm. if they think it'll it'll get that, that much, like, attention, then, like, cool, I guess. But, like, I'm, I'll, I'll, I will be missing that one act play, my friends. Uh, me too yeah well okay okay so look i will always and forever be an aladdin stan i loved the the aladdin show at the hyperion i absolutely adored it the g be playing the genie in jafar was one of my dream roles when i was when i was trying to hunt for jobs and constantly refreshing the audition page for disneyland um i never got the chance to see the frozen show i heard was pretty damn good um 
I mean, it kind of makes sense because, you know, Avengers Campus is right next door and that no, but area... the point It doesn't, though, because the point of that musical is that it's bad. Yeah. That true. people don't like. True. I don't know. Because, like, at I... the beginning, when, when Hawkeye is watching, he's like, this is unbearable. I need to leave. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was. I hated it, too. I was right there with, with Hawkeye. When, like, when, that was the when that was the post credits of Hawkeye, I was uh... like... Wow, you really overestimated how much we would like this musical. See, here's the thing. I thought the joke was that it's bad. And then when I saw the online reception, we're like, oh, this is incredible. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, I was no. like, wait. I don't want to be mean to people. Oh, man. It's just not for uh, me. I'm going to say I that. Mean, it's not for me. Thankfully, it's one of those things that does, at California Adventure you could just skip completely, which is probably what we'll do. Unless bring, back, really bring back Flynn's Arcade. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, they will, and they'll rename it with Jared Leto's new character. Oh, oh, Leto's oh, arcade. Again. Uh, no, but uh, guys, now that I'm like full, I love, God, I cannot tell you how much I loved Flynn's Arcade back in the day. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. I, I kept some tokens, too. They're somewhere. I kept those damn tokens. I'm like, I'm not getting, I'm not losing these. Oh, I got them somewhere, too, yeah. Oh, God. And now that, and now the, man, I miss the, I miss Electronica. Electronica was fun. Comic book news, Ben comic news sorry i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the less exciting one and then i'll do the exciting one so i mean i think they're both kind of cool but one's clearly the better one um so there's night terrors so k-n-i-t k-n-i-g-h-t night terrors which like is going to be written shining, 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 shining armor night yeah like the go. dark knight yeah uh joshua williamson will write this with art by howard porter guillaume march and others don't have a full list of artists yet. Um, and this will see the Trinity investigating a murder, which leads them to the realm of nightmares. Trinity being Batman, Superman, Superman Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. I actually thought like knights, knights, like King Arthur knights, but still cool. Neat. No, this is a DC comic. Did I forget to mention that? You did. Yeah. Yeah. The DC comic. DC comic. Got it. Yeah. Also, Grayson's in the chat. I miss a land too, bud. Yeah. Hey, he's, um, Disney Plus. he's there he's just waiting for you yeah uh, you got, love... there's, there's four aladdin movies on disney plus there you go yeah uh i love sorry there's a dog barking but i gotta talk real quick uh, uh i love a good trinity book i know we were talking about why not just make more trinity books like a couple weeks ago or something i'm like hey they're, they're doing one that's cool i don't i love gillen march's uh, art he's he's a, a tom king batman collaborator that dude is insane howard porter not so much he's just his style doesn't work for me he's, he's like in, kind of like an older artist who just doesn't really work for me um mm -hmm. it sounds cool I'm, in, I'm into it. Is this yeah. based in the same universe as Dark Knights of Steel or no? No. Well, it's, okay. it, I mean, it is. No, it's not Dark Knights of Steel. It's a, it's set within continuity. It's a Trinity book. And, gotcha. Uh, okay. And I they didn't say, but I think it's probably a miniseries, like a six issue miniseries. It's probably a miniseries, like like with like different artists on each issue yeah. and I, or something like that. Um, but yeah, this will be in continuity and like that. Joshua Williamson has been writing. You know, he's right now heading up the Superman books. He's doing he's basically spearheading the direction of dc comics right now so neat this is kind of what he's doing good for him um apparently superman's great i haven't had a chance to pick it up yeah i'm a, i'm eventually gonna trek to my closest comic shop which is not very close yeah. Rip. now the exciting one oh, jonathan yeah. hickman jonathan hickman and oh, brian oh, hitch oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's ryan, really cool it's really great when he when ryan's alone because he's just spinning in his chair uh, okay audio listeners you didn't see this because i and uh iron ryan guffawed and he's in a spitty chair and he's just like spinning around like a super villain it was great 
And my cat is just out of sight, so I couldn't have her on my lap either. So Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch are teaming up for a four-issue miniseries called Ultimate Invasion. This will see the return of the Ultimate Universe, which has returned twice already. Um, but this will be like the return return. This is like the big one. Um, the Ultimate Universe reached its cataclysmic end in 2015's Secret Wars, written by Jonathan Hickman. Uh, but nothing stays buried in Marvel Comics for long. Is it time for the Ultimate Universe to make its grand return? The Maker seems to think so. And the Illuminati must form once again to stop him from his plans to destroy or perhaps rebuild the universe with Miles Morales at the center of it all. Spicy. This is... Ben, do you, I want to hear your thoughts first because like, I, I just... I'm. This is like such incredible, incredible comic book news. Um, thanks to Marvel Unlimited. Well, I haven't read the Ultimate Universe, but now, I mean, well, I haven't re-upped my subscription either, so I need to do that. Uh, thank you, Text Return. Um, with Marvel Unlimited, I can now read a bunch of the Ultimate Universe. Have you I not read, read how much? Like, any? I've, well, I've read parts of um, Ultimate Spider-Man, which was the book club. Yeah, that's um, right. Okay. But science of that, not so much. But I have seen a few YouTube videos. I mean, I'm not saying like I am a multi uh, ultimate universe scholar, not even close. But every YouTube video that mentions here, ben, the Marvel borrow, Ultimate borrow, Universe. Borrow, borrow my ultimate com ultimate Spider-Man collections. Here you go. Just take it. Know. Just take it through the screen. Just here you go. <laughs> Just have I wish I could have that power sometimes. Right? But this sounds great. This sounds awesome. And once I re-up my subscription to Marvel Unlimited, I will be doing my damnedest to read some ultimate books. It's not Probably all good. It, it's it, not all good. <laughs> no, but there I are read... there are some there are some doozies in the Ultimate Universe. I was Sparks and I were reading it pretty religiously when it was first coming out. Um, I dipped off a number of years ago, uh, prior a number of years prior to Secret Wars. I think be, I think like a year before Ultimatum is when I dipped off the Ultimate Universe. Um. But I like I liked what I read, except for Ultimate Fantastic Four. I just could never get into Ultimate Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't a big fan of. The, okay, this is just a design. I haven't read the book. Obviously, I was not the biggest fan of Ultimate Iron Man's design. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't the biggest fan of Ultimate Iron Man's book. Okay, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I got, written, I got by, it up there. Yeah. Written by Orson Scott Card. Yeah, I yeah. Listen, when I was younger, I didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Why is that? He he he's wrote Ender's, Ender's game. game. That's okay. Yeah, and he's the big homophobic jerk. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so Ultimate Iron Man, like, it's it's really bad. It's it they it's so bad they retconned it in universe to be an in universe movie based on Tony Stark's life. I'll tell you Never, what. It's got I'll... it's got really cool ideas, but like it's it's yeah it does it does not hold up whatsoever. No, it's not. it's it's the one ultimate universe book that i really wanted to read was cataclysm that's where the other galactus you know that the world eater galactus not the yes. galactus swarm comes to the ultimate universe and thor traps himself with galactus in the negative zone that was yeah in the negative zone that was that was a that was like a year and a half before secret wars was happening Okay. Yeah, um, that was yeah. that book because like there was a there was an event in the Marvel universe that Galactus was a part of in six one six that transferred him to sixteen ten, which is the Ultimate Universe designation, okay. and that saw like the death of like Captain America and Thor, and mm -hmm. they like they were just gone from the universe, um, and then and then Secret Wars happened like a year and a half later, and it yeah, didn't matter. I don't know why, but that cataclysm, just seeing the cover of the of the trade, and every time I go to a comic book convention, I look for that damn trade. No one seems to have it, which kind of pisses me off. 
I don't know why, but I think that's one of the books that kind of sparked my fascination with Galactus as a character. And then I always talk to Brandon about it. And I'm like, yo, he eats planets? That sounds rad. You know, Didn't he there's rise a... with the Silver Surfer? Ben, no, I didn't. Um, that's actually fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, uh, Ryan, did you did you ever read the Ultimate Comic? The Ultimate Comic? Because when I was working at Earth 2 Comics, I would read some of the some of the later Ultimate books, the ones that were coming out before, just before Secret Wars. Um, yeah, yeah. The, there was one. Uh, there was one Ultimate FF which had uh, Sue giving birth to Ben's to Ben's son because the, Sue and Sue Storm and Ben Grimm were a couple and not um, uh, Mister Fantastic. But yeah. from that universe, Miles Morhamis, yeah, came came from his from the Ultimate Animal universe. So it's Miles Morhamis. Yeah, Galactopus was there and everything. Yeah, Galactopus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Ultimate FF by Ultimate FF by Joshua Hafielkov, and that book yeah. was canceled immediately because that book was so weird and dumb. Uh, uh, but that book is awesome. I really like seeing Simeon. Real quickly, real quickly, I just want to say Simeon Storm and Doctor Doom. Yeah, it's all yeah, Galactopus. Yeah, like all all the big puns you can think of. Yeah, Miles Morehams, absolutely. Doctor, Do- I read that, but I just want Dr. to bring up Grayson. I just want to bring up Grayson's comment real quick <laughs> on him. What the heck? I just saw Ultimate Iron Man. You looks like a sad C three PO. He's got a lot of like circles. Yeah, it's a it's it's a goofy design, but they had to do something different. So like you know, what are you gonna do? So real quickly, I just want to say finally before we get Ryan into this, because obviously Ryan is probably the most excited of us all. Um, the idea of like the Ultimate Universe returning has been peppered throughout the Marvel Universe for a while. There was Spider-Man, the ending of Spider-Man 2 um, has the 616 Miles Morales end up in the Ultimate Universe. And it looks fine. The Ultimate Universe looks like it's fine. Um, yep. And then there's, I think, King and Black, not King and Black, I think Absolute Carnage number four ends with the maker having made it back to the ultimate universe and it doesn't look fine. Like it looks like a totally like run down something bad's happening there. And so that now we're here when the maker is back. Also in, uh, um, uh, miles Morales, Spider-Man by solid Ahmed, uh, solid Ahmed, um, the green goblin, the ultimate green goblin shown up and he's causing a ruckus and you're like, how did mm-hmm. he get here? Why is he here? Um, stuff like that. So like, yeah, it is unfortunately like the, like, it doesn't sound like anyone's been talking to each other about like the return of the ultimate universe. It's kind of yeah. like, Oh, we're just kind of kind of throwing fun ideas up in the air. But now like that, it's coming back. They can just do their own big thing. And like the, the most important thing honestly is that miles is going to be the center of it because man, like I love miles. Miles as a character. Like it's, it's awesome that he's thriving on the big screen, but like people don't care about his comics. And yeah. it's because he lost what was special about him that he was the Spider-Man of his own universe. He is now, there is now Peter Parker and there's Ben Riley and there's seven other Spider-Men. And it's like, he is now just another spider character um, where he's fighting just a lot of Spider-Man's villains and stuff like that. I'm like, God, the same thing, good. The those same thing good, just happened right? to Gwen Stacy. Cause Gwen yeah. Stacy came from, is now banished from earth 65 and is now just in 616. And that she's just another spider person. Six one. I didn't, I didn't even, cause I haven't read that book in a while. I, she, she's ghost spider now, right? And this is ghost spider. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought so. She's just now just like, oh, I'm just gonna fight the vulture or whatever. And I'm like, that's yeah. that's super boring because that, that takes away the fun out of her character. So like, if like they are actually bringing an entire universe back and like that that splash page that like that promo page has all of those characters. Like some of those characters are dead. So like whatever baloney comic book nonsense to bring these characters back is fine because a lot of the way these characters died in those events was stupid and awful. Um. So like 
this is great. Like having an alternate MC, MCU, having an alternate universe where you can tell different stories, you can re redo new uh, older stories in new ways is really fun. Again, it's I love creative storytelling and like, oh, we're going to tell the same story in a different way is like, you know, that's why the, the Spider-Man comic, Bendis' Spider-Man is so great because it's using the familiar tell its own story. Uh, this is just awesome. And it's Hickman. Shut your mouth. Yeah. I, I think I think Hickman is this is the the perfect person to do this. And as you mentioned on Twitter, this isn't the thing that he's doing with Valerio Valerio Shidi. Uh, yeah, uh, he's still doing a different like cosmic like his, his like big like big cosmic book that's like redefining the, co the the entities of the cosmos, which is wild. Like he's he's full force like back at Marvel doing big stuff, and I'm like yeah. I'm so glad. And so like he really likes the Maker. If you read his Secret Wars, it's clear that he really likes the Maker. Well, he um, wrote Ultimate. He wrote Ultimate FF, and, and he wrote yeah. like Ultimate X Men, and he wrote like the best Ultimate Avengers books. Like he is a I, big essential part of the Ultimate Universe. Uh, Chris once told me that uh, Secret Wars was being started in his Ultimate books, and then they were they liked it so much they just took him off those Ultimate books and put him on Avengers. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like man, God, that Avengers book is so incredible because again, like the Maker, who is the evil Ultimate Reed Richards, he's the Ultimate Reed Richards who started as a good guy, he became a bad guy, and like that is fascinating because again, like Reed Richards is one of those dudes like on, on like you know in the right circumstances he could become a bad dude. Uh, uh, and that's like again, like the Council of Reeds is something that exists as well, just like the Council of Kings. So like, this is just really cool. Uh, and again, like getting big. And Brian Hitch is a big proponent. Like he's a guy who worked on the Ultimates with Mark Millar. I'm glad Mark Millar is not coming back for this. Thank God. But like Brian Hitch rules. Like this is just like, this is like they're putting their full ass into this into this like relaunch. Uh, yeah. And that just means there's like a dozen more books I'm gonna have to buy, and it just just breaks my heart. It, but it's just really cool because like we're getting we're getting we're getting some really awesome hickman things we're getting the maker the maker has been bouncing around before uh the, the marvel universe and i really like the maker as as like yeah. a marvel villain he was in so, kate's venom kate's venom and so like i'm i'm happy to see him uh him kind of become a prominent character again uh we're getting the illuminati back which we haven't seen the illuminati in in ages yeah and that was again that was a big that was all of, of uh, uh hickman's new avengers book was the new avengers trying to stop secret wars from happening it's just them blowing up universes going man this sucks we have to save the universe by destroying other universes so like them coming back is a big deal like like the ultimate universe coming back like potentially is a bad thing but in the end it'll be like okay you guys can exist that's fine which is yeah cool. i mean they've been Love existing it. in the background might as well bring them to the forefront now exactly yeah make a little cash money new 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 books new new heroes you know there's so many new heroes that they can put new spins on like you know like miss marvel or or uh captain marvel you know uh, carol daniels as as captain marvel and like so many so many new fun spins like it's i am more excited than not and most people seem to be too yeah cool um now let's talk about welcome to dairy which is the uh it prequel um, this is going to be written, uh, produced, not written, produced by Andy and Barbara Muschietti. Um, obviously Andy Muschietti was the director of the first two of the two it films. It won in chapter two. Um, and he will apparently, uh, direct the first episode as well as others. Um, Jason, look, it's F U C H C. It's Fuchs. Fuchs. I'm sure he likes to think it is. No. Cause I have a coworker. That's, that's her last name. It's Fuchs. Yeah. Okay. So it's Fuchs. Um, yeah. This reminds me of my. I had a coworker with the last name Bonner, but it was spelled Boner. Yeah, that's just unfortunate. That one. Yeah. 
Um, well, anyway, so apparently he was in. He was. A, he's. A, he's credited as a producer, but Hollywood Reporter seems to think that he directed it, Chapter Two, and I can't find clear um, confirmation on what his role in it, Chapter Two was. And it sounds like he did ghost direct it, Chapter Two. Could be like Which like, like maybe like Little Apprentice or did like a like like um like a punch up like ghost writing or whatever ghost writing for yeah. like it movie yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's gonna. So this new this new series is going ahead at HBO Max, and it will expand the vision of the movies. So it's gonna be set within the movies. Continuity. Yeah. If it chapter uh, two was better, I'd be more excited. So does this take place the years before the events of the first movie? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I mean, so... if it's. If it's Bill Skarsgård, I mean, I, I have to assume it is because it's HBO money. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, sure. It's not like, even if that the Ch- It Chapter 2 was good, like, I don't necessarily need a prequel to it, like, personally. Like, I got I got my it, I got my, my, my full of it. Um, I'll tell you what I'm I don't want. I'll tell you what I don't want specifically. I don't want an origin story. Oh, and yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't want an origin story for Pennywise. I wouldn't yes. mind if you want to go back 27 years, maybe even double that, and you do a story, just an early story of Pennywise. I'm okay with that. You know, if you can make that good, I'm certainly going to be there for it. Sure, sure. I don't want an origin story. And I'm worried yeah. that the, that's what this is. Yeah, I'm just... That feels like this. that's what this would be, is to explore yeah. Pennywise more. Because, like... Yeah, I don't know if... Yeah, you're right. If it is just like another... Oh, we're just going to do another It, but it's just a prequel, and it's just, you know... It's a 1950, and it's spooky. Like, that'd be good, but, like... It does feel like they might explore the things that don't need to be explored. Yeah. Let them just be a big spider monster. I mean, we we know he, like, came... He came to Earth from an asteroid. Sure, yeah. That's all I need to know. You know, there's, like, a 12,000-page book called It. You can read if you want all that nonsense. Yeah, Ben's read it. It's his, it's his favorite author, his best friend. Yeah, it's your, it's your best friend. Oh yeah, Mag. Oh bye, bye Ben. Bye Ben. Mag's got a Mag's got a great comment. Yeah, I wouldn't mind the turtle tortoise opposite of Pennywise, but yeah, the mystery origin as good as it is. Yeah, yeah, there is a good yeah. like giant tortoise must thing. Yeah, Stephen King, you wild. That's like Disc World. There you go. There you go. Welcome back. Um, yeah, if they want to do like if they want to do the tortoise thing, <laughs> I'm, I'm into that. That's Show me weird. the tortoise. I'll watch your show. Yeah. Also, Show there. me the that, tortoise. That, that's the the Ryan Leopolis promise. Hashtag show me the tortoise. Show me the tortoise. All right, and apparently Warner Brothers is developing new Lord of the Rings movies again. Same came from the same, uh, came from the same uh, thing that Mortal Kombat came from. Big investor meeting. Here, like, here's all the things to not like. Don't lo- don't sell your shares. We have all the things you want coming. Yeah, I only have one thing to say about this news. Huh? How about now? I'll tell you what, like the the newest Lord of the Rings things we got, the Rings of Power, I quite liked, but it is not Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. So I just like it, it, this was inevitable. Like I, I knew this was going to happen, and there there is like that anime coming out next year that looks dope, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it just got to be like the right setting, the right time. Like I don't want it to be like a sequel and you bring back Legolas again. Like that's that's where you lose me. Like when you. Like I don't want them to bring back Eric, old man Aragorn and his son. Like, if anything, do 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 what Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power did. Do it in a time period we haven't seen, so you can tell your own self-contained story in the lore. You know, you can be you can be creative with it while you know still being in the guidelines of the story. Um, 
I'm not wholly opposed, but like Rings of Power wasn't, I liked it, but it wasn't a 10 out of 10 where it makes me want more Lord of the Rings. If it's not going to be those original movies. I, Warner Brothers has burned me with those Hobbit films. So I'm like, just stop. Just quit while you're hit. I mean, if they do have an idea. You got to think about it like this, right? Like the Hobbit at least had source material to go off of. And Rings of Power had a paragraph to go off of. Yeah. um plus a lot of lore that they could pull from um mm-hmm. but the second age is very ill-explored and they and they could do a lot of things it's just but based on what what do they have because the rights of lord of the rings are really tricky with new line cinema like this the reason it's the reason why uh it's the reason why brings the power isn't the, the cimmerillion because it can't be they don't have the rights to the cimmerillion yeah. what do they have the rights to that they have that they can do anything with I don't know Lord of the Rings lore enough or how many other books came out and all that stuff to honestly say, because yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's us. I'm sure there's literally, oh, this one elf went on a five minute adventure that we could turn into a whole franchise. Like, I'm sure they got something. Um, again, I, I, I don't know what it could be. I can only think maybe the war between the elves and Morgoth. That's you want to go back it. to first stage further, further yeah. in the past. Yeah, further I, in the past. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. But I but don't they're know. they're saving that for the show. I think I don't think they they would want to yeah. shred that ground, even though like they they like legally could, you know, for whatever like you know like because they're they're doing like. But I don't think they would want to tread on the same ground. Yeah, which is why I'm saying don't. Oh, well, but even I... so, but even so, like the, if you did the first age, you'd need the rise of the Cimmerillion because that's mostly the first age. And do so, that. like if they don't. That's what I'm saying. That's they don't. Why I'm worried. Okay. That's why I'm worried that this is going to be like, oh, it's 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 uh it's Pippin and uh well Pippin what's his name? I forgot. Mary and Pippin. Mary and Pippin. Yeah, it's old Mary and Pippin telling a story, and it's gonna be about like an adventure that they that we don't know about, and then it's gonna be like half the cast returns for just like a five minute story that's in like an appendice or something, you know? And I'm like, I, the cast grab not of it is what worries me the most because mm-hmm. I don't feel the uh, Rings of Power is that. I feel like they do try to do something like nice with Lord of the Rings, you know. Um, so like until I know what the story is, like once I see the words like Legolas or Aragorn, that's where I'm gonna be like, oh son of a bitch, here we I'm go. out. Yeah, I um, gotta before, tell you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say Ryan, super applesauce got you your tortoise. Thank you. Hashtag show I'm me not the tortoise. That show yet? I do. I just want to say that like. I I say what you will about the previous regimes who ran Warner Brothers, but at least they knew better than yeah. to make another Lord of the Rings. Zaslav yeah. was just like, let's do this. We got, why aren't we making more Lord of the Rings films? It's like, why aren't we making, what did he say recently? He said like ages ago, it's like, yeah, we're going to do Cursed Child. Like, uh, read the room, buddy. Um, but like, why? He's probably walked in the room. Why aren't we making Lord of the Rings movies? Because there's no more books. He, I didn't read all of it, but like I, he did his statement reiterated something he said before. of like, you know, we haven't had a Superman movie in this many years. We haven't had a Lord of the Rings movie in this many that's years. That's what he like, said, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like, that's not necessarily always, like well, Superman, like we should get in Superman, but like having, yeah. we don't we don't need a new Lord of the Rings movie. We just got a TV show that's getting a second season. Like we don't, we don't need it, you know? Like, no, no. But you know, there's, Hollywood, there's no more books. There's no more books. There's, there's yeah, no but, more books. But again, like it, it I, I, I don't need, I don't need, uh, uh, if it's a good, like a good, again, a good self-contained story, I'll take it. But like, uh, I'm just worried it is going to be a like completely original Mary and Pippin because they're the easiest to get, like, like cash grab. I now I will say, 
it's entirely possible they've made a new deal with Christopher Tolkien and the Tolkien estate and are able to have more of the more of the works. Now, uh, it's known that Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien, almost wrote a sequel to Lord of the Rings that he had almost completed and then decided against writing it. There, mm. So there is a treatment around for a sequel to Lord of the Rings that's set in the Fourth Age, which is a possibility to make into a movie, possibly. I just... I don't, but like, you know what? Okay, I'll, I will say, if they went that route and were like, hey, we're reviving a Tolkien work that he didn't finish and, and we're going to do that with Christopher Tolkien's help. Okay, that's, that's to me is something. That's to me okay. like creatively something. But if, yeah. But outside of that, I'm not sure there's anything that you could do to get me like, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. And again, this, they're, they're announcing this like so quickly after they just had like a big, like the biggest TV show ever made, basically. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, eh, I, I, let's hope this, this isn't just a, a cash grab. Well, I mean, with yeah. Zavzloff, obviously it is, but like, let's hope they can get creative people behind it who actually care and stuff. Yeah. I mean, again, like maybe they'd made a new deal with Christopher Tolkien, yeah. but this does remind me of when they were like, oh yeah, here's the first episode of the Flash TV show. And then like a week later, Ezra Miller casted the Flash. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very quick to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Trailers. T-Talk. Essex County. Oi, we read this book club a mighty, mighty long time ago, but this is just yeah. a beautiful little uh, little Canadian drama written by the lovely Jeff Lemire. Drawn by Jeff Lemire, I believe, as well? Drawn uh, by Jeff Lemire, yeah. Yeah, um, th- yeah this, this was announced very quickly, and then, like, we immediately, like, like... It was like, hey, I got a show coming. Here's here's a poster for it. And then like we got a trailer for it. I'm like, damn, Jeff, you're just like working. It's awesome. Uh this looks really charming. It's got a great cast. Um, this is on Netflix. No. This is a Canadian series, and we don't know right. where it's coming to the US yet. We I think because I was talking to Sparks about it. I think we speculated it'll probably come to Netflix because that's where Sweet Tooth is. Sure. Um, so like they probably can make a deal there. Cause like I don't think we're not gonna ever see this show. Uh, right. Don't make me pirate a Jeff Lemire because I will. <laughs> um, I'm a pirate, baby. I'll get my eye patch. Uh, yeah, but this looks totally like a like a beautiful little story that Jeff Lemire had helped creating. So it's looks nice. It looks just like the comic. Yeah, it's yeah. a you know it's always Jeff Lemire's art style is, is really distinct and really interesting. And like I don't think Sweet Tooth brought to life his artwork very well. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Sweet Tooth took it in a different direction. I like Sweet Tooth a lot. I don't mean to begrudge it, but yeah, yeah. like. You know, Jeff Lemire's art style is really is really stylistic, and it's really difficult to translate that. And I think they they did a good job. It's like you look at that, I was like, that's Sweet Tooth, not that's yeah. a, that's Essex County. Sorry, I got you. All right, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League had two trailers, but I guess we'll just talk about the, the gameplay, the six minute gameplay trailer. I Ben, did you watch the PlayStation State of Play? I did not. Okay, that's, that's fine. fine. I didn't because that, 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 most play. of it. Most of it was the Suicide Squad stuff, so it's fine. I watched this tr- Suicide Squad thing, but when I heard about the state of play, and I heard the, about the Resident Evil 4 trailer, I went directly to YouTube. Mm. Yeah, that's a good trailer. Looks good. Yeah. So what do, what do we think about... What, were, what are we looking at with Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League? Um, well, I... As the person who plays the most of these types of games, I honestly want to know what you guys think. Because this 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 is very, like... Uh, like discourse but like this has been very divisive of like what people expected what people want the state of life service games um so i'm just curious what your guys thoughts are honestly ben it looks pretty yes i think it's it I, looks think it looks, really, I think it looks stunning absolutely so the second i heard like okay, 
when I heard Rockstar was making a new game and it was going to be involved, it was, they were going away from Batman, I was excited. I, the second I heard they're doing a Suicide Squad game, I'm not really, I wasn't really happy about that. And I, this trailer isn't grabbing me. This gameplay isn't grabbing me. It just looks like you have a bunch of different characters. They all use guns. They all go, they have a few cool abilities here and there. But other than that, it just looks like a third person shooter. And there are other third person shooters I would rather play instead. Um, it looks, it looks like everyone plays mostly the same. I get that yes. they have like different, different, like, uh, there's different like specials like boomerang can zip can zip around with his secondary weapon the boomerang, but like everyone's got a machine gun, everyone's got a gun, everyone's shooting all the all the all the bad guys they don't look distinct enough and there's so many of them there's just the the fight sequences that we see in this just look like noise to me there's mm-hmm. like no they're, there's like no strategy here they take a lot of bullets yeah and like yeah I get I get that they didn't want to make Arkham five, but like. I expected better, I guess. Yeah, so I... Gotham Knights was a game uh, that looked very similar to this, uh, but it they but it wasn't live service. They took the live service out of it. They kind of gutted it. Uh, and they wouldn't have made the game better if it was live service, but by taking out a lot of the stuff, they made it worse because it had a lot of the same baggage of gear and loot and all this nonsense and crafting, but it's just like kind of like a single-player game, so it's a lot of nonsense. Um, I... This I am so mixed on this game because I think visually it looks great and I think the movement it's I think the way the characters get around looks awesome. Uh, uh, Harley's basically Spider Man. She has her own drone that she can send anywhere to do like move, to fly around. Uh, they said specifically the movement to action to movement is all like integrated, so you are moving and shooting a lot at the same time. So the the combat itself looks really good. I agree with Brandon. Where they're all just using guns and it all kind of looks like you're just shooting a bunch of people. Uh, the fact that Captain Boomerang isn't using a boomerang as his primary thing is like ridiculous. I know that's a silly thing to say, but like that's he's Captain Boomerang. Like I the Avengers games, like your your main thing is like with Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, you use an arrow. You're not using guns, you're using an arrow, like bow and arrow. It's what they're do. That's what I was thinking of. Like, you know, when you play the Arkham games, what was what I was so surprised about? Like when you play the Arkham games, you play as Batman, you use batarangs, you use gadgets, you use you use strategy in those fights. I get yeah. maybe they just wanted to do like, okay, let's just clone, let's just make this easy for us because it's our first one. Let's just make four people who use guns. But I expect you to do something interesting with strategy. Like boomerang thing, but here, be like strategy. But here's the here's the difference is like it's they didn't show it explicitly in this but this is not at all the same type of game as arkham this is like destiny this is like marvel's avengers where teamwork is essential where we're again you're not seeing much strategy because there's not like people playing and talking like you're not seeing like the people communicating in this multiplayer scene you're watching but like y'all have you do have to communicate hey we all have to target the purple things on this thing if we want to kill the boss you know here's some ammo like there is all this stuff we just aren't seeing yet but as it's you, just but as you mentioned like, with as you mentioned with like Avengers even like to to just bring it with Avengers, yeah, Avengers still has everyone play as a different character. Even I know that, and I only played the tutorial. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's starting with four characters, it is multiplayer. And again, you can play single play. You can play this entire game single player with with AI bots, which is fine. But it is a it is a mission based thing where you're picking missions. You are adding difficulty modifiers, you know, like, Oh, these enemies now have double the shield and you'll get double the resources or whatever. Like it is that type of thing that all games are now doing in modern, modern era. And it's just like, 
it is just a bummer. And like that has the battle pass and like, you know, you get to level 50 and you get the exclusive original Captain Boomerang skin. And I'm like, I, if it wasn't the Suicide Squad, I might care more. And like, again, these are characters I do like. I don't know if I'm going to want to play a game for two to three years where I'm, I'm maxing out Captain Boomerang's pants because it gives you plus five, like aim. Like it's just the gear score stuff. I just could not care less about at all. Like, I just wish this were, this were what Gotham Knights just like should have been from the beginning, what Marvel's Avengers should have been just like a good single player story, like Guardians of the Galaxy. You just have a bunch of characters, you're having fun, but they want to squeeze all every dollar out of you for as many years as they can. But they don't realize that by doing that, you're just, you're, you're bunking the game from day one, from day one um at least the gameplay in this game i think looks better but like like i don't know man i'll be honest like i'm gonna have to wait for for reviews because like this is the game i want to play i think these cinematics look good again i think this game visually is stunning i think it looks great they got a lot of money into it um are they really gonna kill the justice league like no here's here's the thing here's my big problem with this is like you are selling the game the game is called Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Okay, I, okay, I'm still, I'm still like hesitant. Are you actually gonna do it? You show me this trailer where the Flash is like Diana. You have to kill us. That's the only way. If this entire game, if I'm not killing the Justice League members, and like I just like, again, that's not me being bloodthirsty. That's like the that's like what's what you're selling me. It yeah. would be really if this were the end of the Arkhamverse and and the heroes of your universe are Harley Quinn and Deadshot, and they have to kill Superman to save the universe. That's really compelling, and I don't think they're gonna do that. Because if they do, that's a hell of a game. But I I don't think they're going to do it because it's a multiplayer game you have to play every single day multiple times to gain gl- glut and shit. Sure. Yeah, and there's also just like... If this is... I kind of wish they didn't say when this was set in the Arkhamverse because Batman is in it. And like... I know I know it's five years after Arkham no, it's like yeah, yeah, it's like five years later. But like... I, I realize that realistically Batman doesn't die at the end of Arkham Knight, but it does kind of take away the emotion of that finale a little bit for yeah, me. That is, that is the, that his trilogy ends with yeah, him giving his life for Arkham and like, and stuff like that. I'm like, he shows up again as a boogeyman. If you do like the whole hundred percent nonsense, but like, yeah, it's just like, I, I almost wish it was just its own thing. Like if it wasn't yeah. part of the Arkhamverse, like, because uh, like it is kind of weird like oh this is this is that's the same penguin that i've seen in three other games oh okay i guess sure yeah i mean it's clearly the same voice uh yeah it's no look like yeah penguin. i'm just like interesting I, like i like that it is villain based again like you have like gizmo and like the penguin like all these like weird guys showing up like all that's fun and i'm just like i just hope the boss battles are fun like like if you're gonna have me fight the justice league like and i'm again these are boss battles where i'm gonna be doing like multiple times for years at a time like they better be good like, yeah like that was also like when you're seeing the boss battles and you're just like shoot the purple thing on the back of the thing every single time i'm like i get it i, I mean, don't like think i'm into flash. that like what is fighting get up flash on the hydra's back yeah yeah like if the flash has like a really fun interesting like cool god of war style battle where like you have to like you have to time him right like when he's running really fast or something or you have to you like to do like combos with your teammates to stop him like a heimdall fight uh like that'd be cool but like i just this doesn't have the rock steady like I'm sold 100 like there are the three games unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gr- I want to acknowledge the chat, Ben. If you want to bring up Grayson's uh, chat yeah. real quick. Yeah, Grayson says I do want to play it, but I might wait until there is a deal. I'm hoping it's better than what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, yeah me too. I, I have something to say, but I'll say once we're done going through the chat. And Mag isn't saying, and the fact that it's Kevin Conroy's last role as Batman, and the game is run by servers with a time limit. Is oh, kind of- that's. That's my least favorite thing in modern gaming. If you play this game single player, you're still online. 
So if you lose internet yeah. playing by yourself, you will get cut off from the game. That's just like, why are we still doing this? Don't do that. Just don't do, don't that. do that. That's a bad idea. It's ridiculous. Yeah. My biggest thing about it is I'm just sick and tired of the just of not the Justice League. I'm sick and tired of the Suicide Squad trying to go out and kill the Justice League. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm done. I feel like it's kind the, of it's very funny because this is the second time this has happened, and he's already tired of it. I, I'm I'm done. I am sorry. I am just yeah. done with this bit. With this bit, it's like we're gonna get these normal people to kill the most powerful people on the entire planet. No. Here's the besides besides that. I'm sorry. Besides that. Everything you guys have told me about this game, how it's live service, constantly online, yada, yada, yada. No, I I don't care. I do not care. I do not want, I'm, the story doesn't really interest me. Um, I can see this in a comic book. I could see this. I technically try to see, saw this in a movie, a very bad one, mind you. And I'm just, no, I, no. I am hard pass. I don't care. I just don't want to play it. There is a billion other games in my backlog and other games coming out that I would much rather do, um, invest my time and my money into. And this sure. is not, this is on the very bottom of that list. It's just, it's really funny. Cause like this game has been in development for a long time. Uh, like this got like this got after that first suicide squad movie. And like, regardless of quality, that movie made a lot of money and like that became a brand and Harley Quinn became a brand. Like they grinned at this game. And then they've been working on it for so long that people hated the Suicide Squad, returned on it because of the James Gunn movie. Now they love them again. But those characters, the only one who's in there is Harley Quinn. Deadshot's not in there. Killer Croc, Killer Shark, uh, Killer uh, uh, King Shark, that? King Shark, King Shark is in that movie. So like it worked out for them, right? That like half the squad is in that second movie. But I'm just like, I just don't know if people care about the Suicide Squad that much. Like honestly, like I, I like again, like that movie's awesome. But like, do they have like? I guess Harley has 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 enough to carry it, I suppose. I think, honestly, I at the end of the day, the thing that's going to kill this game is the live service. I mean, it, yeah. we've seen it kill Avengers. We saw it kill uh, Gotham Knights. I guess it isn't dead, but like, wh no, how much game, do you hear about that the game? The game is already less than... It, I could have bought it for $27 and I still won't do it. Yeah, like, Halo, these live service things, they don't last. Is Halo Infinite technically live service? Yes, and it, that yeah. game is suffering. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. It's I mean, a bummer. Look, I mean, if you find live service gold, that's Fortnite. Fortnite is live service gold, maybe Valorant also, uh, Apex Legends, but a lot those but games. See, found, but see, those, but see, those, those look, work let because. Let me finish. Let me finish. Oh, sorry. Let me finish, please. Thank you. Um, those games found the secret sauce. They found something that they could keep going, they could keep working, where people come and play those games, millions of players every single day. Halo mm -hmm. Infinite. Players dropped off. Gotham Knights. Players dropped off. We can't. Avengers. Players really dropped off. We can't keep having these games with being with the live service model, and they don't have the secret sauce that Fortnite and Valorant can have. But Ben, what you're missing is, and and again, I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. I'm not trying to cut you off. It's no, not. No. It's not cutting off. It's bouncing I, off of what you're saying. But I, here's I, the I thing. Apologize here's the that. thing. The thing is, those games they succeed because they're not story based games. Fortnite That's, is yeah. not a story. Fortnite yeah. is a, is is a is a battle royale. Yeah, that's the reason why those games work. If you try to put the mm -hmm. story into those into those types of games, it kills them because people aren't interested in, in a sixty hour game spread out over six years. Yeah, the only one that has successfully done that is Destiny, and they struggled for a long time. Yeah, uh, EA uh, when EA was part of Destiny's team in the beginning, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and then yeah, Bungie what? got bought, and then they then after a month, many years of being really sad and hating their their parents, they went independent again, which is great. <laughs> now, so that's why Destiny yeah. now is is successful. Yeah. yeah, and also and also, Brandon, I didn't mean to be so snappy. I was in the middle of the thought, and I just wanted to get my thought out first, and then we can. Yeah, that's fine. Let's move on. Yeah, cool. The Pope's Exorcist. I think this was pretty cool. I like this one, Ben. No, I don't like I don't like possession movies. Really? I'll I'll be honest. I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm kind of not that this movie this this is a I think this is a good trailer. I don't think this was a good enough trailer for me to want to see like the 40th Exorcist movie in like five years because there's like five Exorcist movies every year. And like, I like Russell Crowe, but his, his silly accent isn't working for me. Um, and it's just like, there's nothing new happening in possession movies that makes me want to see him because it's all the same neck cracky crawling on walls, like spewing vomit. Like it's like, uh, this one looks cool, but like, I personally am like, ah, it's, I'll, it's not for me. I'll pass on it. Yeah. I'm, I really like this trailer. Um, and honestly, I think this movie looks really cool. I like Ryan. I don't see a lot of exorcist movies because oftentimes they feel very samey. There was the one that came out, I think last year with the girl, uh, with like the, the, the nun who, um, we just, I, we didn't see a trailer on the thing, but the trailer was everywhere. It's like the, 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 the demon was like hunting her, uh, through her mom and through people through her. And that apparently was pretty good. Um, this one looks really interesting because I because it looks like they're trying to find new ways to to kind of make the exorcist thing work. Not trying to do the exorcist over again. We're just trying. We're trying. We're we're trying to not. We're trying to find ways to make it interesting again. And I think this film. It, it, I see that in this film, and I think they probably succeeded. There's like a lot of at the end of the trailer, a lot a lot of um where this kind of like the Vatican has faced this demon before and we covered it up and there's like the, the, the demon rising out that he thinks is an angel at first. And I think all of that is really cool. There's some really interesting imagery. Um, I, 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 I've actually, I'm actually super interested in this one. Oh yeah. I do think that, that, yeah, that one angel scene uh, image was, was really nice. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the one of the Virgin Mary. Well, it's a demon, but yeah. Yeah. The demon uh, or Mary. like air quotes, Virgin Mary, uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of possession films. Like, I mean, yeah, The Conjuring is really good. I really like The Conjuring, but is The Conjuring technically a possession film? I would count it. Okay, I, I like The Conjuring, but at the same time, I, I now it gives I, you I the oogly boogly's. It does give you the oogly boogly's. I don't now, like for, but for you, but for 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 Ryan, it's kind of an exhaustion thing about like his exorcism thing. For you, it's like a genuine fear of like this is. This thing is too much for me. I can't. I can't deal with this. It's. A, I don't like it. I don't like the way things go around in Exorcist movies. Like next. Yeah. You know, like when next go around. Crackety crack. Not really. Crack, crack. Not really. That's fair. Yeah, it's true. Everyone's. Everyone's got their thing. What's mine? I'll find it later. Um, Sisu. Yo. Oh my god! Yeah. World War Two. John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad this is on this list. This looks awesome. I just love the quote. How the great it's I forget the quote exactly, but it's essentially um, it's like you've never seen Nazis getting destroyed better, or something along that. Like, like the best, Nazis... the best time you'll have watching Nazis getting destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's a, it's about um, is he oh, man? Is he he's is he Swedish? What is he? He's, he's Finnish. 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 Thank yeah. you. Finnish. 
He's a yeah, he's a Finnish vet veteran uh, who lost his family Punisher style. Uh, he's got a cute dog, and he's just had enough of these goddamn Nazis. And it he just looks gold. like. And oh yeah, he's thank you. He found gold. That's that's the whole impetus of it. Yeah, he found gold. He's gonna be rich. The closest bank is six hundred miles away. Mm-hmm. Five hundred thirty. It's like five hundred thirty some miles away. It's too far on a horse. But uh, yeah, uh, I didn't know this was a red band trailer. Did you guys watch the red band trailer where a knife goes through some dude's head? Yeah, oh, I saw that. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is the type of movie we're into. Okay, all right. Yeah, this looks just like like a good time at the movies. I love nothing's better than a good Nazi getting killed. I love watching Nazis get killed. It's a, it's wonderful all the time. Um, this one, uh, I was not sure when I first saw the when I first saw this trailer circling the rounds. I was like, oh, it's a, like an A twenty four film. Okay, yeah, it's and, a then drama. I, and then people and then like like watched it. Was like, oh, I because you don't expect it. Like it sounds like it sounds like it's like oh, it's a drama. I just found gold. I'm gonna trek around. I'm gonna trek and protect my gold and become rich. No, yeah. it's 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 he's just killing Nazis and like. I was shocked in a good way. And like, there's some really great kills we see in this trailer, like the, the landmine landing on the dude and exploding multiple Beautiful. explosions. This was a, a very body heavy trailer, which means like this movie must be super gory. Then, Yeah. Yeah. It's like you and you, and they run through minefields. They, they minefield, they explode. I just a foot fly through the screen. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, and it's really funny because like he's run, the first guy runs, explodes. And then the second guy's keeping running and then he explodes. Yeah, 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 it's great. It's great. Uh, 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 hold up. What does Grayson say? Yeah, Grayson reminds me of a cross between John Wick and Grant Rehambeek. Maybe I'm missing the mark, but this one actually got me really excited. No, Maybe that makes glorious. sense. Right? Like, I was thinking more in Glorious Bastards, really, because of yeah, all the I was say, Gran Turismo. Gran I Torino. think he just means Grand Grand Turismo just because he's an old man. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, Where's the super like racist old man in that movie, though? I, I, I'm sorry, Brad. You said Gran Turismo. I was, I was like, the racing game. Uh, no, that movie's coming out this year. Maybe yeah. a movie on yeah. that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Neil Blomkamp. Yep. We talked about it. It's we true. probably have. I just and don't remember. Gran Turismo Seven is now available on PlayStation VR two, which is now out. Nice. Oh, but racing games back. would be really fun in VR. Oh yeah. Oh, they would. Uh, all right. That's all the trailers. Cecil looks great. Um, shall we? Shall we book? Shall we? Shall we main topic? Okay, we're going to be talking about Cocaine Bear, uh, the latest film in the Bear Trilogy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we decided to. We decided to do. We have a ghost instead. Uh, written and directed by Christopher Landon. Um, who directed Freaky and Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You? Um, Love those movies. Yeah. So, what what do we think about? We have a ghost. I have seen one of those movies, and that being Freaky. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I had a good time with it. It was really good. Um, I like how it wasn't really a horror movie, and I just like love the friendship between Kevin and Ernest, Ghost Ernest. I think it's. I love how David Harbor can do so much with so little of being not being able to speak. Um. I really liked this movie. I had a really good time with it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I will agree. I really like this movie. I do have one kind of just big problem with it. That is kind of just like, it feels like a part of the movie that if you just took this entire part out of the movie, I would have enjoyed the whole movie a lot more if it was just a little more focused because this movie is over two hours long and that's not bad. But I think this movie could have been a lot better if you just focus a little more on the family and the earnest stuff. Uh, but I had a, I had a great time. 
yeah so full spoilers i should probably said that up top full spoilers full spoilers um, um I have one, I think Ryan and I might have the same big problem with this. And I, so I, so, uh, but outside of that, I think it's, a, I think it's very funny. I think it's really sweet. Um, yeah. I, I had, I had a very good time with this one. Um, so let's talk about what I, what I think we agree on that problem. Tignataro. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not even, it's not Tignataro herself, the ghost lady, the, the oh, CIA lady. Yeah. Uh, cause I love them. They are, they are so funny. I know they're on one of the Star Trek shows, Brandon, Star Trek I believe. Discovery, yeah. Yeah, uh, they're just—they're a terrific comedian. I love their presence in anything. Um, this movie is a really wonderful family comedy drama, and then this like all of this like all of like this like other movie, all this X Files part of the movie comes in, and like it, it's not like I I dislike what's happening. It just feels like it was two movies put together, and it didn't—they don't vibe together very well. And by mm. the end of it, I'm just like, this movie would have just been perfect if like. Tig was just a person who liked the ghost and wasn't part of like this shield operation who comes in with this, just like random guy. And it's like, all of that stuff felt like, like, you know, like WandaVision episode four. I'm like, Oh, like these all a bunch of this stuff showing up now, I guess. Like I didn't you necessarily, know? I don't necessarily need it. Uh, and it's kind of just took away from the parts of the movie. I really liked, you Go know, ahead, I feel the exact same way. Cause when yeah. we were I was, right before we started recording, I was trying to think of what my major problem with the movie was and I just couldn't put, I knew there was something about the movie that I think they could have changed or fixed or something. Yeah. And I think that's it. Cause I was hundred percent more invested in the stuff with Kevin, his family, Fulton. I love joy. And then yeah. interacting with Ernest, the ghost, I was, I was more invested in that. And every time, um, Tignataro's character, Leslie comes on screen, I'm like, Oh yeah, you're here too. I wouldn't have hated, I wouldn't have minded it. My my issue with it is that it comes to nothing, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. it yeah. only serves to keep Ernest away from the family, uh, for for enough time to have the the third act start. But yeah, outside of that, once Tignataro's character doesn't come around, it doesn't have a third act reveal. She that they're not part of the story after they're really not part of the story at all, except to they, steal Ernest. And they I they have I, a really they have a very quick. And I saw coming. They have a really quick like hero turn, where like yeah. she's the one who captured Ernest, but like, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing. Ernest needs to be free, and turns on her own agents. And I'm like, this this is a real yeah. this is a really quick arc that like honestly didn't need to be here. And like yeah. again, I really like Tignataro, but I'm just like, you could have just like cop like just like edited this part of the movie out. If this were again like like a tight ninety minute movie where it's just about the family and them going on like a road trip to learn about Randy Randy McGovern, which is an awful name. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Ernest, uh, and like the plot with like the old man who killed him. Like I love that that entire through line. I'm a big fan of. It's just like, hey, it's time to bring like like fringe into this movie, and I'm like, why? The, we doing? the fact that this is a comedy, but also there's a mystery to it because I was invested in the mystery. I was invested in trying to find out what happened to Ernest. What, yeah. Like when um uh, like when he freezes in the park and uh, or the little girl in the merry-go-round, he gets the flashback of his daughter on the horses. I was like, ooh that's a that's a memory that's a that's a core thing he misses his daughter he had a daughter where's the daughter and i don't know why but but i completely forgot that tig nataro's um kid how do you take nataro tig nataro i almost said naruto i am sorry Tig. (laughs) i am very sorry um Tig nataro's character for a split second i thought is she is does tig play june 
but then it shows oh. up as less. But then honestly, it comes... I I thought so too. That would have been actually a better. That would have been good. I would have because I was like, oh my god, she's fighting her dad. She's hunting down her father, and that like because the very beginning of the movie, um, uh, Leslie is doing a, is like reading the story about a ghost about how the ghost was like um fear or well not fearful but how the ghost was like dangerous how the ghost presented itself to leslie as a entity to be feared and my brain and while i was watching this i'm like maybe that was Ernest before he lost his memory trying to reach out to his daughter and instead of reaching out to her to say i'm this is what happened he unintentionally scared her and put her on the path to becoming this essentially pseudo ghostbuster that's such a better idea Ben. man I, I don't have them a lot, but every once in a while I come up with a little nugget here and there. But, but uh, you're right, Ben. Oh, like the sorry. biggest the biggest point is that it it but that would have connected Tig to the rest of the movie, and they're not. They're just not part of the movie until they Ooh. until they abruptly show yeah. up. Because yeah, that would I, add I, like I, another like father relationship that Kevin is currently going through and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have because I thought because like when when Ernest was in this little cell and Leslie Tig's character was talking to him, I was like is this the reveal it's like or did, did she know the entire time that um that that was her dad or or the her parent or or their parent whatever and then it's just like it, it shows up as leslie so-and-so i'm like oh dang it yeah never mind yeah. never um, mind now however outside of that i actually have very few problems with the movie i think the, the movie is very funny uh, i was actually really surprised at how funny i found it uh, yep, the the TikTok montage it might be might be one of the funniest things I've seen this year. Do the yeah. Ernest challenge, run into a wall. <laughs> the Ernest challenge. Jesus. Uh, why do I feel yeah, that this... once? If, why do I feel that if I start scrolling through TikTok tonight, I'm going to see that challenge show up on my feet? Not my that popular movie, probably not. I, I wish it was. Um, what well, is number one on Netflix right now? Sure. <gasps> Hell yeah! They say yeah. that a lot. Seven sure billion hours of watched. Um. Ben, did the very first jump scare of the movie get you when when uh, a Fulton punches through the wall? Did that get nope. you? Did that scare you? Good job. Because it got me a little bit because I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, ooh, got me. you got me, movie. Did it scare it got did me? It scare... I think it's because I was expecting a jump scare to happen somewhere. Okay. But one of the things I ha- one of the things I love about this movie is you know how um, with a lot of ghost movies where where the living befriends the ghost, they're scared of the ghost, and then there's this very slow connection and they become friends like around Act Two. Like yeah. the second he pops up and Kevin's just like laughing his ass off, he's like, "No, no, keep going. This is great." And then and Ernest is just like, "Really?" And he just like flies away. Well, um, one Ernest isn't scary, no matter how yeah, exactly. You know, like also, that open the opening the opening scene of the movie is really great because it's just like a, it's just a shot of the house and it's a family running out screaming. The door shuts and then like then like time goes by. It's like the grass grows and I'm like, oh, haunted house. Okay, that, yeah. that was that, that was pretty cool. That poor mailbox gets run over three times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really like the bit where he, where the where the 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 the, the mortgage lady, the girl who's selling the house is like, okay, and so so we have all the original all the original things. She's looking at. Us. Okay, so we have okay? all the original furniture and things, and you can all take it all. Please take it. Please take it. And um, they're like, you know, like, uh, this house was extremely cheap. Did anything bad happen here? And she's just like, it's a buyer's market. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened here. You I'm... you have to tell us about ghosts. No, I don't. It's in the fine print. <laughs> it's in the fine print. Yeah, we have ghosts. Yeah. 
No, I was watching this movie with Fanny, and after they say that, I look over and I was like, isn't there a law that a realtor is supposed to tell you if a murder happened? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it is. But but remember in the movie, the murder, nobody knows it was a murder. Exactly. They and nobody know. knows it happened in the house because they That's covered true. that up. They That's did. True. That's they true. totally did. Um, what else was it? Kevin. Are, are we still like to, or are we? No, I, we, are let's, we bounce, let's bounce around. I think Kevin is great. I, Kevin yeah. is a wonderful character. Mm-hmm. I love I, all. Yeah, I love everything. Uh, I love obviously. I love Kevin's taste in music. I love how sure. when he's talking to his dad about who Jimi Hendrix is, because um, that was very much on the Anthony Mackie side. It's like, yeah, Jimi Hendrix is the greatest guitarist of all time, and then he's like, yeah, but Kevin or the other um, Kern something whose name I'm completely the guy who on. the guy who who influenced Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah, the guy like when Jimmy was interviewed, he's like, no, this is my influence, and I'm like, you're okay. I like that. He's I a like smart that guy. Yeah, yeah. He is a smart guy. And also, I, I do like all, a lot of the needle drops. Obviously, big classic rock fan. You're playing The Doors. You're playing yep. um, uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy, Alice Cooper. And just the and also when you see him strumming and playing, like, um, who will stop the rain? That's how, what gets er, draws Ernest out by Credence. I was like, that is a beautiful rendition of who will stop the rain. And yeah. I, even I, was, I found myself humming along to that. And I was like, man... Sorry, this movie has a lot of like, it's funny, but I found myself like it has a lot of really great emotional beats too. Yeah, and it, it bums me out that like the, 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 the sci-fi movie part has to come in because without mm. it, I think there's a like a lot of really great emotion that like there are sprinkled through this movie. Like uh, the beginning, like when they're having a fight and um, like like uh, Anthony Mackie calls like his son smart or whatever. And he's like, yeah, then he's talking he's like, yeah, it says the guy reading a book for dummies to his mm. dad and i'm like oh that's so mean oh that's so mean and there's and he's constantly like without meaning to belittling his dad who is just like an average guy who like who keeps trying to make things work and it's just not working out for him and like i really man anthony, Ma- anthony mackie is so good in this movie is just being a dude who keeps failing and he just I... wants to provide for his family so bad he's just like he just keeps gambling wrong and this ghost is it baby he got a ghost now i love how we get we don't get revealed too much of what happened in their lives. Like we get the, like when his wife, Melanie talks about Houston, like this reminds me of Houston. And he says, mm-hmm. Houston was a pyramid scheme. This is different. This is what, when they're talking about the, the YouTube channel, yeah. I'm like, Oh, Oh, so he royally messed up in the past. Bad and investment. like he keeps, and he keeps messing up. And like what I, what I think is like the moment he sees that video about Ernest, he's like, okay, well this is, this can be something big. This is proof that ghosts exist. And he has this, um, and he, like, he, he, he does bully his son a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and because he's so flawed, right. Because he, he is so insecure about his own thing. We find out at the end that, you know, he's like, when I, when I found Ernest, I thought this is it. This is going to help me get my life together. I'm going to be, it's going to click. I'm going to be a good dad. And my life is going to be it all because of that ghost. And I think that's a really interesting character beat. And a lot of the moment, a lot of the times when I saw him, I was like, "Why is he so mean?" And then that, then that, that heart to heart they have at the at the low point is yeah. really like touching. Um, yeah, I. Uh, we, oh, sorry, Ryan. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say, I weirdly like, especially at that point in the film, in particular when Anthony Mackie is talking to his to Kevin after Ernest gets taken, I related to to Anthony Mackie's character. What's his, what's his name again? I don't Ooh, remember. Dad? Yeah, dad. let's just yeah, let's call him dad. I oh. what? 
No, sorry. I my, my computer, my cat uh, disconnected my video from the computer. You guys keep talking. Oh, okay. 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 You're still here, Ryan. You're good. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? I really, I really connected with Anthony Mackie's character when he's talking about how he doesn't know what he's doing. And, and a weird part of me is like, holy shit, I'm going through the exact same thing. Yep. Um, cause he's, tr cause he is trying harder. He's trying so hard to make something work, to make something click. And where he's failing, his son is succeeding. I mean, it's not succeeding like, and like bring in millions of dollars or how much money they're making off the YouTube channel, but at least in doing something right, which is he sees a ghost who's stuck, doesn't know what happened to him. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to help this guy, not out of financial gain, but just because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And uh, I love that. His line, th I actually, this movie made me cry at this moment. Oh, and I'm like, I can't believe this movie did this. Uh, but like, as he's leaving, he turns back and he's like, you know, Kevin, I admire you. Uh, you, you turn out to be, a, you turn out to be a great kid in spite of me. And I'm yeah. like, oh no. Yeah. I, 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 almost, yeah, I, I, no, I got emotional a little bit there. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think really that good. I, yeah, that that line floored me, and this movie does make me cry. But a little later, there's a there's a bit that makes me sob a little little, little later. Oh but, yeah, there, I think I know the bit you're talking about, and it, it got me too. But I think Kevin is such a really good character, and like just good hearted, good natured. He's from the moment he is introduced as a character who is just kind, uh, and that's that's his character development. He's just a kind person, and he and I really like that, and he's very endearing because of it. Um, there's they're they're like the, his relationship with the uh, the girl i forget her name um, joy joy is wonderful i think they're great to, they're really cute together i, I, uh, I found them really compelling i yeah. love when we first meet joy and she's playing her trombone her dad yells at her and also when, when she's in the library and she blows her trombone at people in the library that's when I'm i like, knew i'm like she's all right she's okay. oh i was like I mean, of course, it's a classic story. Boy moves in next door, sees a girl who lives next door. She's into music. He's into music. So, okay, cool. They're gonna. They're girl gonna has a girl has the phone number two 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 poop. Classic, classic phone I, number. Honestly, when she said, "Are you kidding? This number is great." I was like, "Is it eight six seven five three zero nine? It's not that, is it?" But two 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 poop is still funny. Two, two. Why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you keep two 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 poop? Pinky swear and kiss it. Yeah. kiss it kiss it i was like that's cute i like that that's, yeah. that's a cool family thing um yeah before i want to talk more about joy but really quick i also want to talk about fulton his brother uh kevin's yeah. brother um he it's weird because at parts you think it's like oh he's the older brother or he's the jock he's the asshole you don't like him but there are parts throughout this movie where it's like no he's actually a good guy i mean he's i mean he's out for himself he wants to help the family he's put, posting videos of Ernest and getting in the reviews and of course he's talking to the girl on instagram about how uh supplement company is but when when kevin gets brought home and he looks at fulton and he's like i'm sorry about the car he's like it's just a car i was like oh oh my god because like nine times out of ten i feel like with these movies the older brother just wants to destroy the younger brothers like how dare you destroy my kick-ass ride but yeah, instead yeah. he's like you're home man i missed i was scared i was like Thank you, know you who Fulton for destroying horrible tropes. What's up? Fulton reminded me of Johnny Storm, where he's hmm. he's a himbo with a heart of gold. Where he does yeah. this dude, this dude like, yo, man, I'm 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 hot, I'm famous, I love the chicks, but like I still love my family. They're still number one. I, I, I was just like, thank you, movie, for destroying 
old tired tropes of the older brother being the asshole when the younger brother is the focal point of the movie. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. And I think what, what Christopher Landon has written here is a very compelling family dynamic uh, that feels very real um, in a, in a, in a, and not in like a movie trope way, but in like a real life way. And I think he, yeah. you know, he has a history with Happy Death Day and Freaky to subvert trope expectations. And I think he does it here again in a really personal way. Um, and I think that that works. And that that kind of goes back to not to not to uh, beat a point senseless, but like that goes back to why I think we're struggling with the Tignataro stuff in ways, because like the family dynamic works so well and is the heart of your movie. Why would you ever go away from that? Mm-hmm. And like if it, if maybe if it's if it was even just Tignataro, I might be OK with it. But like there's a scene where, like we go to like the underground lab that's like big and blue and has like 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 technology from the future and like a ghost containment field and i'm like i was just watching like a ghost drama like a family ghost drama like a minute ago like it just they feel like they're in different movies yeah. uh and like that's like and that's like what those other movies the other movies he's ma- he's made as well like there's like you know crossing genres but this one like it just it doesn't feel as cohesive it just feels like it was like oh i want to add the sci-fi stuff but i can't make it organically make sense um yeah. Yeah, it's just like seeing that ghost field scene. I'm just like, this is just silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit more about um the about Harbor, about David Harbor. I think he's yeah. so good. Um he is uh he is able to do so much with 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 not like he's such a good physical actor. He's very warm and you know we're seeing a lot of really interesting things from david harbour these days and i really like i really like that um and here we're just kind of seeing him act without any dialogue and he he's expressive it. he's hella expressive. Expressive. expressive is the word i've been dancing around Insanely, yes, like anytime i talk about comic books like the thing i'm looking for in your face is like i know what emotion you're feeling and david harbour says like almost no words in this movie but i know everything he's feeling it's incredible yeah. that's it's true acting I would like to nominate David Harbour for TV slash cinema dad of the year. I don't know. Pedro Pascal is literally playing two fathers in, in one. In the okay. The thing, <laughs> the thing is, Pedro, Pedro Pascal's daddy. This is dad. Oh, sh- oh well, if we want to make the distinction. <laughs> That's not fair yeah. to David Harbour. Uh, no, well, the thing is, I, because, okay, Stranger Things, I'll, I really did like him playing the dad in Black Widow and, and of course, this movie with Hell him was. being. Can, 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 do you remember? Do you remember the line in in, in uh, Black Widow? Just uh, you know, fathers. <laughs> when he tells the really bad story, it's like, what does that have to do with anything? You know, fathers. Fathers. God. And I want to anyway. say there was another another uh, franchise. I can't re- I can't think of it right now, but I know he played a father figure or a dad in something else besides Stranger Things and Black Widow. Santa but... Claus is sometimes considered a dad. That's right. Father Christmas. I knew I was. <laughs> Either way, David Harbour is having a hell of a few years, and I'm yeah. really glad. I think he had he picked another really great role. And then once again, I absolutely love. Um, I love what he does in this movie. How he is very expressive. How he does say so much with so little. Um, like one of my favorite scenes is when, like, when he's trying to hype Kevin up <laughs> in the motel. Yeah. And then he's like, no, it's like, he's like, yeah, you look good. You look good. Or even like when they're getting chased by the cops in Kansas, he flips the car, the car off. He flips the cop off. He yeah. does the, uh, 
he does the ghost scene from the Matrix where like they go from one car to from to one car to another. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Chinny lands in the car, and I'm like, oh, those twins did that in the Matrix. I'm like, what, yeah. One of my favorite one of my favorite gags is when he is when where's Ernest? Shing, <laughs> as he materializes on the hood of the car. <laughs> She's just uh, yeah. Ernest in the hotel. I had to note that Ernest in the hotel was really funny because like almost like Bumblebee, like he turns the music on to change the mood, uh-huh. and then the bad thing he's like, ha, 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 yeah, he go go, you go oh. boy. Did you remember when he looked at the people and saw the furries in the other room? <laughs> oh my god, that's a, that's the next movie that they're making. Whatever's happening in that story. Oh right? uh, what? A, oh, I love the scene with Jennifer Coolidge, mm. where she's, uh, she's a national treasure. She. Yes, she is is bless be jennifer coolidge um i love how she, like everyone else is freaking out she's like i gotta get out of basic cable so unprofessional I, we, we were cackling at that line um yeah jennifer coolidge is great i love the i love the whole like oh man yeah it's terrifying uh, uh, an arm comes out of his throat yeah it reminded me of like evil dead yeah um, yeah. Um. I. I. I think it. I think it's. It's. Uh, I mentioned before. It's really funny. But there's a, some of the TikTok things I want to mention. We already talked about the Ernest. Uh. The Ernest challenge. But there's also like guys. I think I love Ernest. I want to have Ernest's I, I, baby. I wrote down light one up for my ghoulies. Yeah. And then there's one. There's one where where they're just like I had a dream that I had Ernest's baby and it looked like this. Um. And it ghosts ghost lives human ghost lives are human lives or. or and, yeah. One of my, my favorite line, uh, and I wrote I wrote this one down. Just because you're not made of matter doesn't mean you don't matter. Yeah, I love not only that you get like a bunch of different people on TikTok. Like, of course, you got the ultra conservative dudes. You got the like the the liberals. Uh, I do like light went up for my ghoulies. That was really fun. I just, was really the earnest challenge is just so funny. Watching people oh. just run into walls. <laughs> Where they meme the mom scream and yes. they put her as a meme as says, I see dead people. <laughs> and people are like doing it like, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, we haven't mentioned, mentioned so the mom. Crazy. The mom, she's good. I think she kind of has a thankless job. She's kind of like the glue of the family, but by yeah. by that extension, she's kind of like, like she's like the, like the no-nonsense one of the house. So she has like kind of like the least fun, even though she probably does have like the funniest scene with the scream and the TikTok stuff. So, so it, it balances out. Yeah. Um, I agree. I also, I also love the. Excuse me. I love the scene where she gets the seals the phone. She answers it. It's her, and it's Kevin. And then oh. when um, Leslie comes up and catches her, and she and she just looks um, Leslie dead in the eye and says, "I would rather eat, swallow a bag of razor blades, and drink lemon juice than get and tell you jack shit." I'm like, "You go, mom. You go." Um. So the the whole the whole movie is centered around trying to find out who Ernest really was. Um, yeah. and they follow these clues to this guy who's named Ernest. They follow this to the real Ernest. Um, and he's this old man who knew this guy, Randy McGovern, as you said, Brian. Real real quick, I knew this guy was a bad guy because this guy, he always plays like the worst, I'm an old man with a secret types of guys. And I'm like, this guy's a bad guy. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I had no clue. <laughs> I I knew that he was i knew from the jump that Ernest wasn't Ernest, but i didn't clock that he was murdered uh till till late in the game um yeah like the the reveal being like because he remembers that he was murdered uh by his friend who stole their child who stole his child um it like by the way like the the wife's like you know that's patricia she she you know she blah 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 and like ramona 
Ramona, this is the catatonic woman who in the past was like, oh, my sister died. It means God wants me to have her baby. Yeah, it's 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 very, very sinister. Uh, you feel bad, the whole situation. And like the lie, obviously it's a lie, but he's like, yeah, oh yeah, Randy, he just left his beautiful daughter here on, on our porch and he just left and, you know, he took out a bunch of money and we never saw him again. He probably killed himself, that jerk. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, come on, man. <laughs> Although... After that, and then you get the speech with um, Anthony Mackie saying that you, when you're a kid, you only remember the good about your dad. I was like, oh no, did did Randy, you know, Ghost Ernest, do bad things? But then, of yeah. course, once he yeah. gets the, once he sees the dude with the eagle pin, and then he remembers that, that no, he was a good father. He was just killed by his friend and his sister-in-law. So he's actually a good person. Thank yeah, goodness. It's, it's, it's a good reveal because. Like, the story you just you do kind of wonder like oh was what is the reveal that randy was a jerk in in life and that's why he's he's got unfinished business but the hurt the hurt on his face sorry i'm holding back a cough the hurt on his face when he see when he's being told what could have happened um the the fake story it, it clocks with who randy is because he's like i don't believe i could have done that i don't remember yeah. but like i don't believe i could have done that it's yeah. the ultimate form of gaslighting, essentially. Yeah. The dude's dead. Ghost, he can't ghost speak. Lighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah ghost lighting. Um, I was so relieved when, when like they like when we find when we see Randy's murder or or Ghost Ernest's murder. Yeah, and I was like, oh, thank goodness, because I was like, we, I really was hoping that our Ernest was a good guy. I've like every like just like what Kevin said, every interaction he had with him tells him that he is a good person or yeah. was a good person and when we find that out is like he was murdered by he was murdered by his friends it's like okay yeah that tracks that makes sense yeah yeah i, th I think this is a really lovely movie um i want i'll talk about the end because i feel like we're i feel like we're kind of running out of things to say um the end has june who's his real daughter who's randy's mm -hmm. daughter uh reunite with randy at the at a lake beautiful lake um that part when she holds his face and says hi daddy the waterworks yeah. waterworks yeah. happened I was, I was i was like on the precipice and then the hi daddy came and i'm like no you got me again. <laughs> you got you did it <laughs> yeah i was holding back tears i was like oh it's it, i was i was sad i was i felt i got the feels and then when and then the reveal that he was disappearing and he had a last good moment with Kevin. And I was just like, that also gave me the feels as well. I was yeah. like, Oh, it's a, it's like a good, it, yeah, he does a, it's like, he does a really good, like he doesn't embrace. And you know, I really like the, I really like the earnest effect, by the way, I think it looks mm -hmm. really good. Um, and then the fading away is really, really well done. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's a wonderful movie. Oh, do we want to talk about joy real quick? <sighs> yes. Yes, because I think she's delightful. Yeah, um, and I love that that became a road trip for a bit with the, with hit with Joy and Kevin. Um, I, I think that's a good character. I was really invested in their romance. I thought it was very I, cute. Me, it was really too. cute. Yeah, um, I do. I yeah. wish again. I, I wish. I really like the road trip section, and I wish we could have like had twenty minutes of more road trip and like mm -hmm. less. Uh, the you know the X Files coming to steal a ghost man. Uh, yeah. Because again, like it doesn't amount to anything in the end anyway. It's like 
it's just like a project wizard wizard clip or whatever was like we could have just stored that in the files forever to be honest i probably would have liked okay i mean going back to the music bit because this this isn't a criticism but i know we kind of drop um kevin's love of music on i want to say like maybe halfway through the film after he plays who will stop the rain the second time uh to bring Ernest out for his dad and brother i would probably I mean, instead of like, you know, wizard clip again, I would much love to scene with um, him and joy and Ernest, like just rocking out to music and just going over different musical tastes and just talking about music for five minutes. I felt that would maybe it would have not done a whole lot to the movie, but also maybe we'll explain that. Hey, Ernest, how come every time I sang who will stop the rain, you can't you approach and he was like, oh, like he would get really maybe that was his favorite song or that was a song that triggered a memory with his daughter. Like when he would play that record while holding her or something, I don't know. Well, no, No, you're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. Correct. Because, because like, if you, if you take away the, the, the wizard clip thing, then you, then you have the more, more real estate to do something like, like what you're talking about. And I was just thinking about like, okay, well then how would he be, how would he remember his death? Oh, you don't have just some random dude walks up with an eagle pin and have that be irrelevant. You actually have it meaningful, like the song, like what you're saying, Ben. Because like it's because like honestly, the the way he remembers is really weird. Some dude just walks up and he's just randomly has an eagle pin on his on his lapel. I think I just realized how it could another way to trigger the memory. He so he gets murdered and gets buried in the rain. Oh, sure will stop the rain he hears the song it could have been the record that was playing and that's the song that triggers because that was the last song he heard when he got murdered yeah i like it i like that again that's a something as i like to say that's a something that that's a something that's definitely something i just think i just think that bit like just kind of holds down the movie but you were saying there's a there's a scene where he like um where Ernest like Raiders of the Lost Ark like melts his face mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. then he just wipes it away and it's just back to normal. And I'm like, that is so cool. That's like really cool. It was yeah. just really cool. Like he was a skeleton, then he's a human again. I'm like, man, ghosts are cool. I've never seen that before. That yeah, there's some really there's some really good inventive stuff and some really fun comedy. Like when, he, when he's running through the the building and he just like the comic comically run through the, like the tattoo parlor in the office thing is so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No regret. <laughs> the tea is oh yeah, it's, it's too funny. I love that bit. Uh, yeah, the comedy in this movie is I would say it's hilarious. Like when we first meet Ernest, Kevin starts laughing. When the mom meets Ernest and he goes, ah, the TikTok montages stunning joys jokes here and there like the i i love the trombone joke that's my favorite yeah, one or yeah. favorite go, joke go of joys. that's what i learned today uh yeah you, you guys you know every single bit with tick nataro's character in finding ghosts and doing the ghost stuff i was just i that could yeah i agree that did not need to be the film where yeah. do i remember that military dude from <laughs> he's from uh she hulk uh, yes, he's, he's, the, he's like he's the, the boss. He's the boss. Yeah, I was like, you have she to be Hulk. She-Hulk if you work here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and again, like, boss. It's not like any of that is bad. It's just like it is. It is interrupting a much better, more like 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 a different movie. It's yeah. like, oh, here comes like the sci-fi part, and I'm like, it doesn't need. It doesn't need this. It didn't need. It, it. kind of either has to be one or the other. It's not yeah, balanced yeah. well enough to be both. It just, you just kind of have to pick. Do you want to do the yeah. sci-fi movie or do you want to do the the wholesome family movie? Because like again, like this 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 whole project, like for twenty years, like we've only seen like one ghost. 
and i'm like okay that's fine but like they it just seems like a lot a lot of effort and a lot of nonsense when it could have just been a, a nice smaller family movie mm-hmm. yeah i agree yeah um all right final thoughts and ratings i will rate it i will rate it an eight out of ten it would have probably been a nine out of ten if if the the sci-fi stuff wasn't in it so i'm giving it an eight i think it's a i think it's a great great worth watching uh comedy drama but at first when i was thinking about it i was thinking about giving it seven that's not my final rating but the more i was talking about it with you guys and the more i realized that yeah the sci-fi stuff really knocks the movie down but everything else in this movie i still think is fantastic um i would say 7.5 really but it could be an eight but it's in that range i would say 7.5 the sci-fi stuff does bring it down but the character interactions are great. I love the way David Harbour acts in this movie. It does give you some really good emotional beats. And it's also really funny. And the effects of being a ghost are great. Like, once again, Jennifer Coolidge saying, I got to get out of basic cable. It's so unprofessional. that when she gets grabbed and runs out the window is hilarious. I agree wholeheartedly with Ryan, actually. I, I think it is an 8 out of 10. Um, I, th- I think a solid 8 out of 10. Um, it could very easily have been a nine if you remove the sci-fi stuff. I just don't think it needs to be in this movie. There's like, um, I'm seeing the edit in my brain where you just cut stuff out and it's like a tight 90. And I'm like, this would have been a perfect tight 90. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, or, or it's like very the... emotional. Let me finish my thoughts, Ben. Sorry. It's very emotional. It's very funny. I thought, it, I thought it was wickedly funny. Um, I just, I just, I see the world where it was a nine out of ten, but it is it is a solid eight out of ten, which is still a good movie. Had Tignataro been the daughter, that reveal would have been great. Sure. That would have it would have made it a, a solidified better. I do agree. Yeah, I would def that would have brought everything together. But since um, Tignataro, um, they just let Ernest go, and there's no repercussion we don't see any repercussion for that character it's like what were you there for oh and one other joke which i absolutely loved the lift jo- like the interaction between the drunk girls oh, sure. and the lift driver <laughs> right. like when yeah, ernest yeah. jumps in is like this is a lift bitch and drives away <laughs> i love that it's, fun. it's funny it's good it is all right so we go into our book club And it's your book club. Um, Iron Man means Ryan, right? Iron <laughs> Ryan. Might as well be my book club. Now it is Ben. Take it away. Yes, and continuing with the tradition of when I get comic books for Christmas, they will eventually become my book club in the first half of the year. I have chosen Iron Man Books of Corbeck 1, Big Iron. I mean, that's what it says on the thing, but it's uh, Big Iron. That's the volume, volume 1. It is written by, let me get shoot i had this there it is it is written by christopher cantwell uh drawn by cafu c-a-f-u and the color artist is frank diarmada so obviously i don't have a lot of iron man books the one of my favorite iron man books but also one of my only iron man books that i do own is infamous iron man where dr dune takes up the mantle that's ryan's fault um i absolutely love it and when ryan gives to me for christmas he says i need some more iron in my life and you know what i i could not agree more um i absolutely loved reading this book i was a little lost in some parts because there were some events that happened earlier like tony stark mentions how he was dead he can't come back to life but the gist of it is still to me easy to get he wants a new start 
he is this bit he is trying just to be a superhero he's trying to get his life together and he goes from la to new york to try start fresh which is what a lot of people do they to start fresh they move from one state to a different one and also he kind of brings back the classic iron man armor in a decent in a certain way i love this and i really i know i see this a lot with some other books but i do want to find out what happens in because this is a part one this book does end with a cliffhanger so spoiler alert guys i may or may not pick volume two so i can get the rest of the story just warning you now but you could always just read the second volume um, i could i could but, but it doesn't yeah. have to yeah you just read it. it doesn't have to be content i want i i really enjoyed this also um uh the, i'm not the only iron man book i've read i think is the extremis um yep. I did read Extremis because back when we were living at um, Brandon, when you and I were living at oh, CSUN. Oh, you borrowed it from me? I want to say I borrowed from you. Yeah, I think I borrowed it from you. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't have a lot of experience outside of the Avengers books that I've read with, with Iron Man. Um, me too. Or his, like, or his, like supporting uh, pop-ins and, like, Thor and things like that. But I, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a really cool idea to um, take Tony Stark in a new direction and have him kind of be like, depressed like he's depressed in the beginning of this he's he's like a superhero he's like hey i just saved i just saved the world from this dude and they're like why'd you break the satellite dipshit we're gonna sue you it's like it's like things like that like he's he hates this he's like i i don't what am i doing i tried to i oh yeah i i dressed uh, uh i i i had a bunch i got a bunch of money from coming from stark industries stark you stark what is this Universal? stark unlimited stark unlimited, stark unlimited. Um, uh, and like I invested a third of that into the stock market. Yeah. And dip the stock market prices down low. And it's like, well, all right, I'm he trying. Can never win. He can never win. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I really like that direction for him. My only complaint with this book is that it's too short. Uh, I think this probably could have been a good six issues. I know Marvel does five all the time with trades, but like, I feel like this could have been six. Let me tell you, uh, because I read, cause I didn't know where the volume stopped on Marvel Unlimited. So I actually read six issues because I thought, after issue five, oh, I need to read the next one to make it all make sense. Because uh, it does end on a big cliffhanger, um, right? That's that's issue five, right? The cliffhanger where mm -hmm. people yes, issue five is the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you right now, this 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 run is twenty five issues. It is one long arc. It is the books of Korvac all the way through. Korvac is your main villain throughout the entire book. Uh, I've said it before on this podcast, but this is the best Iron Man comic to come out in ten years. Um, Chris Cantwell just has a way of writing character like big ego characters like he he wrote Doctor Doom he writes he's writing Star Trek stuff like those guys have some 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 big heads and stuff like he's great with with Iron Man uh, he's written uh, the Fantastic Four um, the thing I love about this run of Iron Man is is the MCU took away a lot of and I don't want everyone to be this but it took away a lot of Tony's sadness and a lot of Tony's addiction uh, and even if you're someone who is an addict and you aren't currently, you know, drinking, you're still fighting that addiction. It's just like depression. You're always, you might not see it, but you're always fighting it. And this mm -hmm. comic so elegantly shows that while he is fighting his addictions, he is replacing it with other things. And that's what something addicts always do. And like, that's, that's me. Like I am, I am a recovering alcoholic and luckily I don't drink a lot anymore, which is great, but I'm always trying to replace it with something else. And that is just, that has always been my entire life. And that is something I've always identified with Tony Stark that really quickly got dropped once to Iron, Iron Man 2008 came out. Because then it just became about he's, oh, I'm a rich playboy. And that's the only characteristics I have. And I'm like, yeah, but what about pathos and emotions and like drama and like, you know, stuff like that. So like this arc uh, starts it and it only gets better and better and more 
and more dramatic and, and, and great. And just like Hellcat is such a great addition to this book. I hope you guys like Hellcat because she is now they're married together. Spoiler, they got married in the comics, uh, which is great. Good. I love I, her. I love that's her. A great, that's a I, great page. This, I, I wanted to bring this page up because I absolutely, once again, I have huge props to the art. I mean, obviously the, the covers oh, are done by Alex. The Alex Ross covers just chef's kiss, but the interior art, this page, I love, yeah. love Kafu the design. It's so good. He draws such, he draws great people, but the way he draws like costumes and outfits and like an iron, iron men is just, is top, top, top notch. I love the design of Tony Stark's armor. I mean, I've always liked more robot. You guys know me. I like mechs. I like robots, but I was never the biggest fan of his original cost of his original armor, you know, where it's more like bendy. And it's like human skin. It's not like, you know, Iron Man. Yeah. The fact that um, Kafa was able to design the classic Iron Man suit, but bring it into like, I don't want to say the 21st century, but bring it to the 21st century, still make an homage yeah. to the classic suit, but still make it look like it's armor. To me is like, this is like, this is quickly becoming my favorite Iron Man armor. I love how yeah, this there's looks. Something, there's something to be said about the simplicity of it, um, where it, it harkens back to classic armor. And I know they have the, um, the Ryan showed the page where, it, where it's just like straight out of the first cover, one of those early covers of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, which is beautiful. I love that page like so it's, much. It, the, the art pops, man. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Um, and like, and, and I think a lot of Iron Man armor had probably the same thing that the MCU Iron Man armors had after a while that kind of became too like flesh too nanite too like, we're, we're just like, Oh, suit up. Here's my morphin time. And like the, and, yes. and, and I think like going back to basics, what Cantwell is trying to do with this whole book, you know, start back to basics works really well and creates kind of a, a kind of a freshness to his Iron Man mm-hmm. armor. I, yeah. I want to highlight another page and actually another scene. It's this one with the melter. Like Tony's come like this is right after when Tony goes to visit the school to like say hi and talk to the kids and the teachers are like, We are very structured, we are very uptight. And he's like, Okay, you all suck. But then he comes home, sees Ether Rich, Melter's like melting my car. He's like, Are you mad? And just punches him in the face. Yeah. I I just, just I love the dialogue because Iron Man's like the melter. Seriously, we're doing this now. And he's like, Haha, I melted your car. But the if correct me if I'm wrong, like the next page is the like, why am I even doing this? I could be a god to you people. And like he takes he takes up the I think it's the melter. He takes up the mm-hmm. melter to the status stratosphere, it like drops him and is like, I could just do this. Why yeah. am I why don't why don't I? Why don't it's I just ego, do this? Because that's the thing, like every once in a while he's like, I am like the smartest person on the planet. What am I doing with these little people? Wait, yeah. hold on. I can't. That's crazy shit. I gotta be a regular person. It's too much. Um, that's what oh Brandon, thank you for bringing that up. Because because having now reread this after just recently finishing issue 25 because i just most recently came to marvel unlimited uh that is what this entire arc's about is about him challenging and like being challenged by his own ego and like in spoiler alert, but like the the big arc is he becomes god like he and michael korvac have a cosmic level fight in the cosmos where they both are cosmic beings and like tony's like i can be a god and everyone's like tony please stop it's great it's great um, one of the characters I also really want to highlight while reading this is, of course, Patsy Hellcat. Yeah. Um, when one of my favorites, every time they get together, like, okay, when we first introduce, get to introduce to Patsy, I was like, okay, maybe this could be like a comic book She Hulk Daredevil thing, not where like they hook up, but they, you know, they go superhero. Like when he says, "We're gonna ditch the party," I have an EMP set that's gonna go off in twenty five minutes. Let's go, let's go superhero. And the more they start talking, the more, sorry, Ryan, um, like the more they start talking, yeah. the more, the more they, um, 
the more they like when Patsy says, I'm going to be your tough love buddy. I'm like, Oh, there's going to be a romance. That's going to blossom. Right. Right. And I, <clears throat> the scene where they're on the plane, like Tony's bitching about being a coach and Patsy's <laughs> just like, get off your high horse. This is privilege. And then she reveals that she killed herself. And I'm yeah. like, that, just like, that is a mic to me. That's like a pivotal point in the book where Tony goes, what? Yes. Nani? I love that you brought that up because one, uh, uh, Patsy Walker, Hellcat, um, she has experience with Tony Stark from like the seventies and eighties of like them hanging out and stuff. Uh, but she also, as explained in this book was married to Damon Hellstrom, the son of Satan and went through some really, really terrible things. And like the fact that they're like not retconning it, they're just like, yeah, I killed myself and I got brought back to life. And I think about it every single day. And to put that in a, again, a superhero comic book is really, really, like, incredible. Uh, and again, it's the type of thing that, like, Iron Man books, like, do. And then every once in a while, like, not every once in a while, like, the Fraction run did it a lot. And then Bendis took over. And I love Bendis's run, but it is very much MCU Tony Stark, where it's more about Flash and Bang Bangs. Um, so, like, to have this be, like, really, like, a book about pathos and, like, who are you as a person? What do you want to be? Like, one of my favorite, uh, uh, my favorite panels is... Um, Tony's like, oh, like, you know, I needed to save him. And, and, uh, what do you, why do you need to feel like that? Like, that he's like, I need to feel like that I'm still a hero. Who do you need to prove that to, Tony, that mm. you're still a hero? It's to himself. Everyone, you, you, we know you've saved the world a billion times. We know you're Iron Man. We know you're a hero. Why don't you feel like you're Iron Man? And that's what's so special about Iron Man as a comic, because it's a guy who has everything, who feels like he doesn't deserve it. And he's always trying to fight himself to feel like, no, I do deserve this. I am the smartest man in the world and I'm a piece of shit, but like, I do want to help people. Uh, and it's just great. And Chris Cantwell just, he gets it. He gets it. You brought up a really good point earlier, Ryan, about, about this book being about a recovering addict. You feel that in almost every page. Like he has sex with Patsy, with Patsy. Yeah. There's, there's a, an attraction and a love there, but like, you know, oftentimes sex is used for, uh, for recovering addicts. And like, they yeah. need that physical intimacy in that moment. Uh, because they're at they're they're at a really low point. They need each other in that moment. And, it's, and the chemistry is palpable between them for sure as well. Yeah, and I, I because like Patsy had just gotten the scar, and and he is and he had uh, Rhodey's missing. Um, so like he like he they they both are like this is what we need right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they become almost like Tony. Like he becomes addicted to her because like she she is like his truth serum, and she is like she will never like like let him step on her like step all over him or like she will tell him exactly what he needs to hear at all times she she will never be a yes man because yeah. that is the last thing tony stark needs uh you become a yes man and then tony starts again he'll take over the world without realizing it like when you have that kind of intellect you really need people in check to help you because sometimes you don't realize like the things you you are doing uh aren't beneficial to world to the world uh, you know, making Iron Man suits is one thing, but like, oh, maybe I should be a god and like tell people how to think, like Michael Korvac is trying to do, is is a bad thing. Speaking of Korvac, he's a villain from the from uh, the Michael Korvac saga. Uh, if you've watched Earth's Mightiest Heroes, he has an arc in it, I believe, uh, or yeah. or it's the newer one. I don't remember. I think I remember this. Anyway, he is a villain from the seventies and eighties. Uh, he gets cosmic power from Galactus. This is basically uh like redoing that like it's basically the same thing where like he comes he comes to earth and he get he wants to get power from galactus to become a god um you meet you meet the the iron man squad who who is his friends for the rest of this journey who are great you got frogman uh people didn't love frogman until that show i was there is this comic uh also <laughs> other comics though it doesn't matter um you got gargoyle and misty knight and the scarlet spider and they're just a bunch of goofballs i love it um 
they're they're in the book a lot more so like you get their first introduction before they quote unquote die <laughs> again the ending on issue five is a i understand a cliffhanger way to end it but like i don't think it's a good way to end your volume that you're buying sure mm-hmm. yeah i i think the i think the um I think those characters are really fun. Uh, it, it's really it's it the like the people that he could find at the at this at the time. Because you can't, yeah, you can't have like the Avengers. You got to have someone that Michael Corvac won't expect. Also, there, yeah. oh yeah, his, his new he has a new mutant friend whose heartbeat doesn't go above seventy beats per minute, uh, and he's deaf and he's also like a great engineer, so he helps him like with his engineer stuff. And that's just like a really cool thing. I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm just a Halcy- Halcyon. Halcyon. Halcyon, thank you. Yeah, you met him street racing because again, he needed an outlet to to be an to, to be addicted to something. I need adrenaline. What's my next adrenaline fix? It's being a street racer. Yeah, but it's, it. it's really it's really interesting as you as you kind of what what the book is kind of structured as like, okay, it's it's Tony Stark. He wants a new start. Patsy Walker, street level hero, with with them. Okay, unicorn. Okay, interesting pick for the first villain. And then like the villains are like C tier villains. Um, they're all old school like c level uh iron man villains yeah blizzard uh all these guys yeah and you and you have an expectation that like oh this is what this book is going to be about more street level iron man but then korvac comes in and then he's like oh, my goal is to get the tattoo which is galactus's ship and it's like oh this is cosmic iron man <laughs> oh yeah and and i know you guys have seen because i've posted before but like like some of the alex ross like covers of like how cosmic this book gets where it's literally like Again, Gurnlog and Iron Man versus Korvac uh, in the middle of just like solar systems. Uh, it's it's really cool shit. And again, what I love about this book is no matter how big it gets, it's always like the internalization of like what Tony Stark's thinking and like yeah. what he's feeling. Uh, and that's like that's I, I'm I just love the character. And when he's done right, uh, like this is perfect. Like this is again, it's perfect. I've read issue one of Jerry Duggan's Iron Man. Not not digging it. Not digging it. It's just, hey, yeah. I'm Tony Stark and I'm a recovering alcoholic and I'm I got drunk on accident. Isn't that a shame? And I'm like, yeah, if you're boring, sure. If you if you, I don't know. I'm sure that book can get better, but I wasn't impressed. But this book, y'all, uh, I'm glad you liked it, Ben. All 25 issues are incredible. They just get better and better oh. and better. Love it, Ryan. I did just like it. I loved it. Love it. Um, Again, the was, art, coffee's really art. Good. Coffee's art is so is so it pops like he makes that Iron Man armor. I agree. This is probably I was looking. I have a toy up there. I was like, is that my favorite Iron Man outfit? But I don't know. This is definitely my favorite modern outfit. Uh, mm-hmm. It's sleek. It's stylish. You actually have to put it together. It's not nano armor. Love mm-hmm. it. Uh, let's bring up Grayson's comment before we move on. Yes, uh, Grayson says this can be addressed afterwards. Ryan, are the Iron Man Prime ones any good? I've been wanting to read more Nightwing, of course, but Iron Man is one I've always been curious about. Iron Man Prime. Mm, I don't know what that means. Does he just mean like the main Iron? If you if you just mean like the main continuity Marvel books, like yeah, like this is this is uh volume the one we just read was volume one of like the most recent one that started in twenty. I want to say twenty twenty. Yeah, it was only twenty five issues. It started in twenty twenty. Uh, that's the best modern one. You the Bendis stuff is good, but like that's kind of just like MCU Iron Man, and it's good, but it's it's you know it's fine. Uh, Matt Fraction's run is I think like still like the best Iron Man run just ever made. I think like that'll be hard to top. Uh, that's the one I have a tattoo because I got a tattoo of that. That's how much I love that run. Um, that's also a book that deals with addiction and like you know being a superhero. But like back when Brandon, this is something we often talk about. Back when the Marvel universe was like, it felt like like it felt like a universe before all the reboots. So like there's so much continuity and so much character history mm. and all these characters that show up and everything mattered. And, like 
when Iron Man was like peak that, oh, like back when Iron Man, when uh, when Tony was like director of S.H.I.E.L.D. during the Dark Avengers, like all that stuff, it's just like, mwah, mwah. love it. Before the, Iron before Man, the. Iron Man's good and no one reads them. Yeah, like um, it says like right here collects Iron Man, like from 2020's version of Iron Man 1 through yeah. 5. So, uh, Grayson, Iron Man 2020, really good. That, not good jumping on point. By the way, not not this Iron Man 2020, not that one. Oh, there is that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that is, not that. Yeah. Not that one. I mean, just like it's just regular Iron Man, but the 2020 is the year it came out. So, Chris Cantwell. Yeah. Chris Cantwell. There we go. I want to also say because we talk about a lot, Inferior Iron Man. Inferior Iron Man. Doctor Doom Iron Man. Superior Infamous. Iron Man. Superior Infamous. isn't Superior Iron Man the Axis one? Yes, that's where he's in San Francisco uh, in the white suit. So then, Doctor Doom is Inferior Iron Man. Infamous. Infamous Iron Man. Yeah, I was like, who's inferior Iron Man? I don't um, want to know. That's really good. Yeah. But um, it's not Tony Stark, but it's just really good. Yeah, infamous, yeah. infamous Iron Man. I mean, I was I liked Iron Man because of the MCU, but then Ryan told Ryan told me about Infamous Iron Man, where Doctor Doom takes up the mantle, and I had to get those books. I hunted that shit down at, at I want to say WonderCon. And yes, I was um, and once uh-huh. I showed it off to Ryan that I bought both books, I got the biggest hug from him ever. And then I was like, yo, infamous Iron Man freaking rules. I love those I'm books. Glad, I'm glad we've read Ironheart. We've read Doctor Doom Iron Man. Now we've just, just read some Iron Man. Lovely. All right. Uh, Ryan, it's your book club next week. Do you know what it is? I do. So, y'all, uh, The Mandalorian's coming back. Uh, and I know we all went pretty heavy into the Star Wars comics when they first came out. Um, and I I know I've stopped. I'm, I don't know if you're safe keeping I've up, stopped. Brandon, but... Okay, yeah, uh, and I know Ben, you you definitely stop, but like there have been a bunch of my cat is sneezing a lot. Will you just calm down, please? Uh, there are <laughs> a lot of comics. <laughs> there are a lot of comics that I haven't read, and there is one specific one uh, that has been going for a while that I've been really interested in, uh, and it goes kind of ties into Mandalorian, and it's called Star Wars Bounty Hunters. It's written by Ethan Sachs with art by Paolo Villanini and colors by uh, Arif Prianto, uh, and it has this guy named Valance. And he's like a robot man. He's like half cyborg. And every time I see a cover of a Star Wars comic with him on it, and I'm like, I want to know who that guy is because he looks so effing cool. Uh, and apparently this book's cool. Uh, there's like a War of the Bounty Hunters big event that recently happened that I want to read, but I don't have any context for it. So I'm going to get some context. We're going to read some Bounty Hunters. Very cool. Back to the Star Wars universe we go. Back to the Star Wars universe we go. Um, all right. So that's that's that. Mag, that's really cool that you met Kevin Eastman that made him laugh. That is awesome. That is um, all right. Moment, oh yeah. So next week um, we have some ideas. We'll t- we'll let you guys know when the episode drops. Um, what we're going to do? Most next likely, week. probably Cocaine Bear. I, yeah. You know, now that it's out, it's just when movies come out on the weekend. It's hard to see them on the weekend they come out. But I have a whole week. I have a whole week to see it now. It's easy. Yeah. So probably Cocaine Bear, and then we'll. Yeah. Uh, then we've got a lot of movies to keep us going. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Cool. So that's that, guys. Thank you so much for, for, for all this. If you like this video and you subscribe to this channel, uh, thank you. And check out some of our other stuff. We have plenty of shows on this channel that you can check out. Cinephiles, uh, Fake Nerd Cinephiles is not a new show, but it's a new uh, playlist that you can find all of our movie reviews um, coming and upcoming. Um, all the Scream stuff is going to be all there. Check it out, guys. But of course, you can check out Fickner's Watch. Uh, Fickner's Watch is our our, our our series where we talk about TV shows after they air. Currently, The Last of Us and Star Trek Picard Season 3 are, are are running on those shows. The only one not doing a Fickner's Watch is Ben. Get on it, Ben. 
Well, Mandalorian starts in a couple weeks, so he's free for now. Yeah, that's true. Um, and of course, Basement Arcade, which is a video games let's play series, and you can check out a uh, Basement Arcade pause menu, which ha- dropped a new episode with um, Square Painter. Mm-hmm. Square Painter. Um, thank you, Mags. Good night, sir. Uh, good night, Grayson. Friend. If you're still in the chat. Oh, he probably is. Knowing him. Um, and you can check out Fickner Book Club and Animation Station. Animation Station has new episodes coming, so stay tuned. Um, check out our Patreon and our T Public if you like to get into, if you like to get support us financially, we'd greatly appreciate it. Um, we just passed 240 uh, subscribers on YouTube. Excellent, awesome. We've been stuck. We were stuck at like 170 for like three years. So it's really cool to, to see it to see it move. We got um, three more today. I saw that. I got those notifications. Yeah. One Thank of them you. was danger. One of them was Dan. Was Dan? Yeah. Dan Dan. My, hey, my hey, DM, friends, yeah. friends are still still subscriptions. Hey, friends and also still subscriptions. Also, while I was at the buy sell trade event, I was talking to a guy. Told him about the show. He subscribed right on the spot. Oh, very cool. So, Eric, if you're listening, hello. Thank you. Um, support us financially on TFL, like our Patreon, which are linked below, or you can check out all of the links to all of our shows and our Patreon and Public and everything, really. Uh, one-stop shop for fake nerds at fakenerdpodcast.com. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show. Thank you to everyone who watches the replay. We greatly appreciate all of your support. Thank you so much. Um, uh, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci. Uh, who did all the music you heard here tonight, all the music for all of our shows, and an upcoming thing that I can't talk about yet, but we'll, you'll see. You'll see it, guys. It's going to be cool. Um, you can find him at Instagram on Jeremy Vellucci underscore Wreck of Time, which is about his band, Wreck of Time. You can also check out his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at Suburban Proctologist Official on Facebook and Subproc Podcast on Instagram. Uh, of course, you can find that on iTunes. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike Matola is a wonderful human being who we love dearly. Um, he, he, he's he's the fifth. He's the fifth member of our podcast. He's the fifth Beatle. He's the fifth Beatle. Um, we have we have a uh, we have uh, ancillary. We have reserve podcast members like the Reserve <laughs> Avengers. We have reserve podcast members of Jeremy Cookie and and Mike. <laughs> it's like the West Coast Avengers, but we're the West Coast. So they're the they're the East Coast fake nerds. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, if they start on a show. East Coast fake nerds. What an interesting podcast that would be. Right? That, that would be weird. Anyway, you can find Mike Matola on Instagram and TikTok at Mike Matola doing the uh, uh, Ernest challenge. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> um, you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for CBR.com. KaijuRamaMedia.com and AtomicGeekdom.com. Ben? You can find me probably staying up way too late playing Marvel Snap or keeping my new favorite waifu alive in Fire Emblem at BadMaga27 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find me writing for GoNintendo.com, Fusion Gaming Magazine, Old School Gamer Magazine, and playing Mary Frankenstein in Dean Dark, which the link is down below. So definitely go ahead and check that check that out. Also, I would like to reiterate that hit, that the link for and dark is on his blog page that he doesn't use uh on our face on our on our on our what's it called website ryan 
You hear that? Oh, yeah, I do hear oh, that. Sheeper. Sheeper, you can right. find me loving my cat who loves the purr at DJ Tony Snark 616. Also, Ben, I'll see you on the snap. Oh, oh shit. I uh, just started, dude. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm going to get my ass. You're going to kick my ass. It's not going to be fun for me. You can find the absentee Sparks Witty uh, enjoying his honeymoon on, on in France uh, at Sparks Witty, S P I R K Z Witty. Um, that'll do it guys thank you so uh, subscribe to us on iTunes Stitcher Google Play TuneIn Spotify iHeartRadio Amazon Music and Podcast and Pandora rate and review wherever you get us we greatly appreciate it like this video subscribe to this channel until next time you see us guys stay fake nerds